Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. podcast devoted exclusively to Evolve Wrestling. I am one of your hosts. I'm Aaron Bentley at Aaron Like the Car on Twitter. And as you know, Aaron Taub is not with us this month. He's out uh, doing socialism. So we have some guests. And today I have uh, Jake, a.k.a. Oakgan, and Nate, a.k.a. Epitasis. What's up, guys? Hi. That, uh, that really delivered. I was really looking forward to actually seeing you do the this is in person <laughs> yeah. and it got into it that was that was fun excellent thanks jake uh did you enjoy it as well i was i was waiting for you to say the line and you said the line so <laughs> didn't get to hear it many a weekend i was a little bummed but yeah you didn't get to hear about what didn't get to hear the line many a weekend oh that's right that's right we all hung out over media weekend and there was some podcasting but i did not get to take part sadly I think the, the the sound files have since been lost to time, so no harm. Oh, yeah. But, what happened to that? I don't know. I have to ask uh, Mr. Spears. I kept waiting to hear that. and uh, it's, It it's was like 45 minutes of audio that didn't even complete like a day and a half of the yeah. weekend. So, <laughs> you know, It might have been that Taub like surreptitiously destroyed it because he didn't want any Don, Aaron, and Aaron episodes to make the air. Mm-hmm. But uh, I see we've supported that anyway. So Yeah, little did he know it would soon uh, become a necessity. Uh, just quickly before we get started, of course, you can find the show on Twitter at EvolvePod, and you can check out what AT is doing at AP Taub. Make sure you're subscribing on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe just to the Everything Evolves feed, or you can get the full Voices of Wrestling podcasting network uh, at VoicesOfWrestling.com or on also on the podcast app of your choice. Okay, we had uh, two good shows this weekend, Evolve 106 and Evolve 107. We're going to get into those, but I want to talk to the guys first. If you're not familiar with uh, Ogan and Epitasis, and why wouldn't you be? I want to give you uh, an introduction. So, Jake, let's start with you, Ogan. Uh, tell us about yourself. Who are you? I'm just some shithead from Twitter. Like I don't. <laughs> there's no greater thing. I have nothing really to plug. You know, I don't do anything else. I don't have any projects I'm working on. Um, I got this. Is it? Oh, I was on. Omakase last week. I think voting is still open. So go ahead and vote for my uh, Indy Supercard. Yeah, so last I checked, you were uh, pretty well ahead. I mean, I haven't checked recently, though. 
I've been yeah, I, 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 I think I'm still up by like ten to fifteen percent or something. Yeah, it's, I, I think I'm maybe at thirty percent, and you're still pushing fifty. Last I looked, yeah, that's so. tough. I'm sorry, Nate. That's right. I, I know in my heart that mine is the superior card. So you know, we we know that democracy is a failed experiment at this point. So uh, I'm not really sweating it. Yeah. So you can only come on everything evolves if you uh, are already hastening the the demise of capitalism. So. Uh, Nate and Jake will continue on in that, uh, in that, what am I trying to say here? In that tradition. Spirit. Tradition. That's good. I think spirits, buddy. That's good. Nate, you got any plugs or anything you want to talk about? Yeah, no, I'm, uh, much like Jake, don't really have anything to plug. I don't, uh, have any ongoing projects or creative outlets other than my terrible tweets. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Epitasis. Everyone loves my ter- terrible tweets. I, uh, they all, go out to mass acclaim. I have no sort of enemies or grudges on Twitter whatsoever. So you can look forward to that. Um, and yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's about the long and short of it. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to talk about evolve, of course. So, uh, I also wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about, you know, what's your, uh, what's your interest is in promotion. Do you regularly follow it? Uh, Nate, let's start with you. Okay. Um, I just happened to notice this because I did the WWN, the new WWN site for the first time and watching these shows. But uh, the first of all show that I had watched was 35, which was like in that mm-hmm. weird bombed out Brooklyn bar, which like looked like it was falling over and it had a very sort of underground fight club feel or, you know, that sort of stereotype. Uh, so that's how long I've been semi watching the promotion. Um Really, I, I guess I, I sort of fell off when they had the like premier athlete brand and TJP and Drew Gulak running around and doing all that. Sure. Um, we all did. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, Jake's a lifer. Uh, but yeah, as you know, when the Flow Slam came up and when we started going to WrestleManias, I uh, started watching it more regularly. Um, so yeah, it's, that's how but really, you know, who got me into Evolve, I would say, is probably Tim Thatcher. Just because on that first Brooklyn show, I was like, oh, this you, here's the guy you would never see on the WWE, but is still very uh, striking and has a lot of presence. Is that like one of the guys in the promotion you're most into? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, he doesn't really have like a, you know, arc or, you know, character development point at this time. He's just seems yeah. more like a guest or flying talent when they do have him. But uh, I, I would certainly say that he's one of my guys. Jake, uh, we've already alluded to the fact that you have watched probably every minute of Evolve. I mean, is that correct? Uh, there's actually, I probably have seen all but about five shows. Right after Flow Slam ended, I did not buy that first weekend. Uh, and then someone like the ones in the mid-teens, uh, kind of regularly live-watched all of the iPay-per-views since they've been doing them. In addition to FIP. <laughs> uh, and style battle. So I'm probably one of about. I've seen every single style battle. What about ACW? You, you've seen all the ACW shows? I, I used to have those on as, as background noise during the Flow Slam era, but like not really paying attention hmm. enough to know some people. But but no. But you're not like if those ACW were, those were runs like sub FIP. Yeah, I mean, like if they run this weekend ACW, are you going to be buying it? That's no, <laughs> no. Like okay, so I bought like a couple FIP shows before kind of the F yeah FIP relaunch. Everything burns. Um and then I watched all those because of Flow Slam. Like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have bought all those shows. That's insane. 
<laughs> sure, you would never buy anything that uh, didn't have obvious value. <laughs> you've never, you've never purchased I, anything I, ironically, or I just have like so like my irony budget. Know. Like I'm not going to go over <laughs> like twenty five dollars is where that tops out. And what was the um, low key seminar? I think that was twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just love the idea of you sitting down and like doing your budget each month and being like irony. Well, <laughs> I was low last month, so I can I can drop another ten bucks this month on basically. Yeah. Entertainment. Got a tax return. I'm ready to <laughs> spend twenty five dollars on irony every weekend. Would you have bought the low key seminar if you realized he was a Jordan Peterson fan? Y- yeah. <laughs> like that, I wish he talked more about that because that would have been like much less dry than anything else he was talking about. Oh, what a guy! Would have got uh, more likes and retweets, you know? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, would have done great for your numbers. Well, um, so we've we've now discussed that Oat loves to uh, do things that are ironic and that uh, crack the rest of us up on Twitter. Nate, we didn't really get into. My favorite part of your personality, oh. which is that, you know, one of the reasons I didn't create this Google Hangout until like two minutes before it started was because I was playing uh, Bang Dream, which you brought to my life. Yes, so, you're welcome for that. I mean, and I know like so many people now who play Bang Dream because of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Bang Dream, that's just part really of my my uh, part of my role as a Bushy Road stand on Twitter is I have to push Bang Dream on as many people as possible. Um, so listeners, I, I plug this on Omakase as well, but you can add me as a friend on Bang Dream uh, and try and get those full combos going. You, you'll probably start off more like Bentley here and not be able to FC the uh, master level tracks, but you know, with enough perseverance, you can get there. And uh, yeah, uh, Iba Aina, the voice of Yukina and a former Joshi wrestler of uh, with Actress Girls, will be performing at AX. Uh, next week so go and check her out that was a great plug thank you uh, i'm up to i'm up to eight full combos on hard and uh, i've cleared about uh probably about 40 songs on hard very good gotta start somewhere wow still getting uh negged on my bang no, skills. that was supportive Amazing. that was a you know you, everyone you do have to start somewhere for the record i don't i don't do this yeah what's that yeah. about Ode? i mean uh, jump in I'm just not into mobile games that much. Like no like, mobile I like, games? I like rhythm games quite a bit. Um, mm. I'm not into the music that much. Um, but, the music uh, has know, grown on me. I, you know, it, it wasn't my favorite type to begin with, but uh, it really it, it kind of makes you wonder and maybe makes you worry about you know what level of stuff that you end up enjoying is just uh, the amount of it that you're exposed to because. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when I started, I was not super huge into the music either. But I will say, rhythm games are the only type of mobile game, mobile game I really like because you're actually like playing something that's well suited to the platform instead of just like playing a fake RPG or clicker game or whatever. I'm, I'm if if I have to pick one, I'm usually more into kind of the management sim type of mobile game stuff. But okay. Yeah, I don't know if if I'm if I have my phone in my hand, I'm usually staring at, at Twitter or Instagram or or something, something productive, you know. Yeah. Well, Bang Dream, great respite from uh, from both of those. So, yeah, I've I figured out like that Bang Dream is perfect for waiting at the barbershop. So, oh. uh, you know, I bring my headphones to the barbershop. I've only done this like the past two times, but I find myself like nodding along to the songs. Yeah, <laughs> like I must look like uh, an insane person. Oh, see, yeah, I get like one haircut every probably two or three months. So, 
not a whole lot of time to mobile game. I go, uh, I go every, once every two weeks. Wow. Haircut. Okay. I'm like a bald man, so I just shave my <laughs> own head when it gets know. to the point where you can start to notice the uh, the male pattern baldness line go around the, the rim of my head. At that point, that's where I start to to shave it all off. So I haven't been to a barbershop in many years, probably not since like uh, oh. I lived in Miami. I think I've only ever seen you in a hat. So yeah, you were bald. Dad, when the uh, the hair really started going, was not a hat person before that. Really, your <laughs> listeners are learning so much about me. <laughs> That's the point there. of everything evolves. Okay. That's the point. It's the evolution of my hairline. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, we will get into these shows. Uh, the first night evolved 106 on Saturday in Brooklyn at the Most Precious Blood Youth Center. I must say that I did have people in the mentions talking about their enjoyment of the band most precious blood so i felt like all was not for not not familiar anything about most precious blood no i didn't even i'll google it now it's like a hard, it's like a hardcore band I feel like yeah new york hardcore. hardcore. okay yeah i did post it on um on my normal timeline Aaron like the car and uh robin reed checked it out and he was into it so i'm converting people to uh new york hardcore so that's good Oh, right, this, is, uh, this is a real sort of Zack Sabre Jr. core here. Get the veganism, yeah, see, animal rights, Zach. belligerence. Yes, I could see Zach being into Most Precious Blood. Okay. For sure. Yes. All right. This is an evolved podcast. We have no reason to talk about Zach. Oh, <laughs> stiff. He's, he told me in New Orleans that he's going to be back soon. So, scoop. Work. Scoop. <laughs> that was a work. <laughs> work, scoop. We're going to we're going to start at the top of the show and where this show should have ended. The WWN Championship match. Austin Theory loses the title to Joey Janela. Janela beats him with a super brain buster. Because I want the correct take on this match, I'm going to go to Jake first. Uh, Jake, how did you feel about Joey Janela becoming WWN champion? I mean, he's a much bigger star than Austin Theory, so and it's it's clear based on the crowd response that he brought some of more of them in certainly than Austin Theory did. So gotta think this is the right call. All right, Nate, let's let's hear the uh, opposing view. Yeah, I don't uh, first of all I, I don't think having Joey with the belt is really gonna make any difference to the people that are coming to see Joey because they don't care if he's like a pushed act. They just want to see Joey and see the whole shtick there. Uh, uh, to that I would say him having the title means that he's coming back like more often at the fair, very least. Fair, but it, you know, it's, he's not... Uh, we don't have him scheduled for any New Japan tours anytime soon or anything, so I don't think it's like he's <laughs> super hard to get uh, first dates on. Uh, but yeah, no, I think just Austin had room to grow into the belt and I think was starting to show some of that. Like, ever since that progress show we saw him at in Orlando and then again on these shows, I feel like his confidence is already ratcheted up and his heel work has started to be more effective because of that. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, it, people were saying, Oh, his title reign wasn't working or whatever, but it's like, it's a secondary belt for the most part. He was having pretty good performances with it. You have room to grow with him. Whereas, yeah, I don't, I'm just not like, I don't get up for Joey Janela main event singles matches, like in a way that I would get up for like a Keith Lee or Zack Sabre Jr. So while theory isn't at that level, Either. It's also like, at least you can watch him, you know, develop and improve with that in the big spot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I'm not. I don't get super high on non gimmick Joey Janela work rate fests. Yeah, this 
this weekend uh, featured the third and fourth Joey Janela matches I've ever seen. They were both good. Neither was bad. They were both good, but it's like I've I'm agreeing with you in that I've never had any interest in seeking out his singles matches, yeah. other than seeing him at Spring Break the two times I've seen him, hmm. which I you know I love both of those. But uh, I just think it was it's good to inject some life into this promotion. Austin Theory uh, can still be very dry, and with Zach gone, Keith Lee gone, I feel like this promotion needed a little something extra. And just having Joey Janela there brings it. But if you're going to book him in this match, I think it makes sense to put a title on him and uh, make him seem like a bigger part of the brand. Yeah, I mean, I liked the whole theme of the weekend seemed to be establishing a lot of new guys and, and putting them over big to indicate that they're going somewhere new kind of with the brand. But, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm just i more interested in seeing Austin Theory develop on the top of a card or toward the top of a card than I am in seeing Joey Janela work great matches. I, I will say a uh, friend of the show, TJ Hawk, was in attendance, and he said that Janela seemed like the most over guy on the show uh, in the crowd, that everybody knew him before he ever came out. And um, so I don't know what that adds or if Janelle is able to help them with that in anywhere else other than, you know, the New York, New Jersey area. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen like him. Pop uh, big attendance numbers out here in Chicago when he's been here. I mean, the AEW and GCW has both done well, but um, yeah, and no, I, I mean, I guess it makes your product seem a little more fresh. But I say, like, why not make him like the ace of FIP if FIP is going to continue to to go ahead and be an actual thing, since he seems like more suited to that sort of attitude. Because no one watches FIP. <laughs> True. Oh, it makes a fair point. I, I guess part of it, you know, you can do whatever you want with this title. I mean, for example, Riddle does the no rope break thing for his championship matches. Joey Janela can make these matches into whatever he wants. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'm not really one for Evolve. I don't know. It doesn't fit the Evolve brand. I guess I don't know what the Evolve brand is, but like uh, death matches. Nate, I don't know if you've ever listened brand. to uh, – I don't know if you ever listened to the show, but <laughs> an ongoing theme is that nobody knows what the uh, overriding brand of Evolve is. Yeah. I mean, there are some pieces to a brand, I think, with a couple of these people that they debuted and had win big wins on these shows. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not all in sync. And I don't know. It, like, I, I don't know. This match, I, I Joey's facials seemed really goofy to me. And it's like, these facials don't fit with like the Evolve serious work rate style you know the promotion that gave us peak grapple fuck is not like joey janela cartoonish facials that's true but it makes it all feel more like the place to be like on the on the cutting edge uh if they have a guy like janela who is on fire yeah it certainly it, it it's a statement that says hey we're fresh and we're current but I don't know. It's not that's it's not the right angle of fresh for me personally. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I can't. I'm not going to super fault it or say it's the wrong move because he was certainly very over. And uh, I don't know. It, it, after the first show, it seemed like maybe theory was not long for this world. But uh, yeah, just not not my preferred direction, I guess. Uh, Jake, what did you think of the match itself? 
it was fine. Like I, it, it was pretty good. I don't I don't do star ratings. I'm I'm like Aaron in that way. Uh, but it, like it was it was pretty good. I, I there's not a whole lot I change about it. It wasn't uh, it didn't drag like some Austin Theory main events I've seen in the past. It wasn't too over the top like some Joey Janela stuff I've seen before. It was everything it needed to be. Nate. Um, yeah, I liked it. All of his matches were good. I didn't really, like I said that, I don't really look forward to Joey Janela work rate matches, but it's not like he didn't deliver entertaining matches on either of these shows. Um, but I thought it, it kind of got more fun as it got more overbooked than like when uh, Penelope and Priscilla got involved. But there's also just like some goofiness, like why would the referee let um, him go up the top rope with a belt? Why would he do like a top rope belt shot? That was very silly to me. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it got super hot, like when it, when the crowd started believing that Joey could win. So again, got, got the good reaction. Can't really fault it, but, uh, yeah, both good matches. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, since nobody else, uh, slapped a star, I had it at about a three-star match, just, you know, better than average, but nothing uh, special, but it was a lot of fun. The actual main event on this show was uh, the Evolve champion Matt Riddle going to a no contest with Shane Strickland. Can either of you uh, explain the finish of this match to me? Jake, you got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they kind of brawled to the back, which is like everyone standing directly behind a curtain, like two feet away. Uh, and then the banner fell, like what would normally be the Flow Slam banner that fell down <laughs> on every show anyway, that fell down, like, for real this time. Uh, and then they come back to the ring, and the whole locker room's kind of around it, in like you might do if there was like a hot title change coming or something, you know? But no, they just, I don't, I don't really know. I was, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I was very drunk for the second half of this show. <laughs> So, and so I, I stopped taking notes at some point, so I don't actually have anything after. Um... <laughs> well, uh, extremely tan Brandon Tolley took a bump at some point and was and was out that was, that for was like, like bump too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for like ever. And the the other ref that came out wouldn't like take over his his job as ref for some reason. So I don't know. So there was this weird mention on commentary by Ron Neme that. No one came out to help Riddle last month when Strickland was uh, destroying his arm. Yes. And that kind of played into the month before Lenny Leonard said on commentary that, you know, I thought it was interesting. No one came out to celebrate with Riddle when he won the title. So I thought they were trying to continue to play this up that nobody likes Riddle. But the locker room folks who came out seemed to be more upset with, uh, with Shane Strickland. So I didn't really get it. Yeah, they did a weird... So the, the curtain falls down and after the brawl and the whole crowd gets mad at <clears throat> Strickland. I'm sorry, the fans get I'm sorry, not the fans, the wrestlers get mad at Strickland. <laughs> so you have John Davis, like who's new or returned to the promotion, who's like right up in his face, and you have Tracy Williams like trying to be super mean mug and tough guy behind him. And they like throw him back out into the ring to face Riddle, I guess. Right. But yeah, they paid off this. I guess that was the payoff to the story. Maybe that the locker room doesn't like Riddle, even though 
I guess the payoff is no, wait, they actually do. <laughs> that also, doesn't, I don't know if that works, like, because Riddle is now doing this Cena thing at the end of every show where he does, like, the I'm the super good guy who represents the promotion, which, like, I don't really like. Is there anybody that you would believe doesn't like Matt Riddle on, like, an interpersonal level? Like, I know we, you guys don't like him in, like, the character sort of level, but I feel like if you worked with him, he would be very agreeable. I So I get the feeling that, like, He's probably cool to you know, see like once a month backstage in the locker room, but like after an extended period of time, it would get very grating. That's my read on it. Okay. I could easily buy that. Uh, I think he's one of those people who can probably win you over pretty easily. Hmm. But I can absolutely see Jake's take that he uh, would become annoying after a while. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's too chill to be too annoying. I feel like at his worst, he's like so, you know, zooted out in the corner of the locker room or whatever. <laughs> That's possible. Uh, I, I guess I was, I didn't really think Shane Strickland could win this, but I thought that was the most interesting payoff they could have done with this match, especially after Strickland really uh, destroyed him last month. You know, it just would have been something new and interesting, but. I don't know. Just where do you go from here? What is obviously? I guess they have to. This feud must continue. But I don't know. It loses a lot of steam with me uh, with this no contest. Yeah, I'm not sure what Strickland's because he wasn't on the second show, right? So that seems like is he not going to be there full time, or was that just a pre-existing booking before Evolve got you know first bid on his dates or whatever the case is? Um. But yeah, I, I, I didn't really. I guess they have to build this to a bigger match down the line, but they didn't set that up either. They set up the next riddle match the next night, but they didn't set up a, a future route to take this Strickland angle. What did they even do? Is it like a lumberjack match or something awful next? Yeah, probably. But it's like, I don't know, you start Shane Strickland, unless, you know, this is a, a short term thing. Uh, from their first interaction and then it's it just doesn't but you start out anywhere it can't go anywhere so it's kind of a bummer my uh my other issue is just like this angle they knocked down the curtain and showed the whole locker room and it was just like the stage of this venue and it looked really <laughs> goofy and low rent indie wrestling which yeah. is you know a necessity i'm sure but it, I don't know. It looked really goofy to have everybody there just pounding around in the locker room. Like, hey, yeah, no, you knocked the curtain down. And we're all literally just standing here. Like, the, the, the first of all show I watched, 35, when it was in, like, the shittiest-looking bar in the city of New York, was more interesting for that, I think. And, you know, I, I can't ask Gabe, hey, get may, way more interesting venues, even if they're not easy to produce or promote for pro wrestling. But, yeah, the, the goofy-ass curtain did not make this look like great production or a particularly interesting aesthetic. Yeah. That's like the dark secret about evolve is that it's like a shitty indie with WWE's backing. Yeah. It's not, I don't know that it's that secret. I don't know. I, I was given tab a hard time and calling it like a minor league. There was an email. You may have seen it. <laughs> no, I'm not familiar. Yeah. It's like they have pretty high level talent, but they run, uh, Largely shitty venues with bad production. I, so my biggest problem with their venues is it's always just dark, and I like I can't see the crowd. Like Laboom, they run all the time, and I guess that's probably better live. 
but like it looks like there's 20 people in that building. <laughs> it's dark. It looks dingy. I I don't know. Like the ones they were at this weekend, I thought were much much nicer as a viewer. Yeah, I, I've gone over this too many times, but it's like on one wall they had like where they had the locker room, they had that curtain up, right? Yeah. Why can't they put the curtains up on the other sides so that I don't have to see this, whatever this bizarre building is? Like, I don't know. Make it look a little more uh, professional. Yeah, you'd rather see a side of the fans opposite the hard camera than see the curtain for the you know just the generic black curtain that every indie uses to block off the entrance or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I like Laboom, like at least Laboom. The lighting, I don't know. I think the lighting's better in Laboom, and it, it because it's always pretty full, and you have like a regular crowd that can go on a regular basis. You always get a hot crowd there. Right. Yeah, they they do all these new venue attempts and end up touring to all these cities where they're not like established, and it usually ends up hurting the show. Although I, I, I say that, but then this had a super hot crowd, and also like the crappy venue. I think probably accented the crowd on this show because it was like a den of noise where everybody was just yelling the entire show, which kind of worked in its favor. Yeah, you just can't book Adam Cole or whoever for every show, right? Or maybe they can now. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll talk about Adam Cole more later, I'm sure. Uh, Next match was a six-man grudge match, and we had Chris Dickinson, Jaka, and Dominic Garini defeating Tracy Williams, Timothy Thatcher, and Anthony Henry. Jaka rolled up Anthony Henry to get the win. Um, what did you guys think about this match? It kind of like we had a hot show building and I, I felt like this was a letdown. Yeah. Uh, so like the, the baby face team, I don't, they didn't click at all as team because they were just kind of three guys thrown together for no reason. I like, I really don't have anything else to say about this match. Well, I think Thatcher is Thatcher is certainly a heel as of the second show. But was he supposed to be a face on this first show? Because like uh, Rinkoff always codes heel to me. And and also everyone's hated him since like Evolve fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he was just he was baby faced in that he uh, was against Stone Cold. Yeah, so I'll do my bit here about how Tracy Williams is like a heel because I, I I noted here that I I just don't really know what catch point is. I've never known what it is. I've watched and attended like all these shows, and I just don't. It's I stable with the same name, even though it's gone through fifteen iterations. But I think Doom Patrol side of catch point is supposed to be the heel because Stokely is like supposed to be this two faced guy, but. Thatcher certainly wasn't the face or doesn't code as a face in this match. And hot sauce is like supposed to be the face in this feud because he messed up his contract with Stokely Hathaway and accidentally sold him the stable. And that's, I guess we're supposed to sympathize with him for <laughs> not having a lawyer read the contract. I don't know. I, and, and he just doesn't, I don't get like the baby face fire from him or anything at all. I'm like considerably more interested in Chaka and Chris Dickinson. Yeah, they're gonna, always. Oh, go ahead, Jake. Oh, so I'm not going to argue with any of that because you are correct. But Tracy shaved; he looks pretty good now. So <laughs> I love that he also shaved his his chest hair. <laughs> yeah, my, Tracy. I'm get like I, I like gear now as a thing because I'm just into like the aesthetics of wrestling now. And like, if you're just going to do the plain black trunks, like you have to have super physical charisma, like like your Shibata <laughs> or someone. Like, you know, you, you can be a wrestler and not have 
otherworldly physical charisma like not every shibata or you need to have like a tim thatcher physique where you're just like super ripped and like oh yeah no this guy's here now and uh, tracy doesn't he's not commanding enough for the black tights and black trunks or black boots and black trunks yeah he looked once he shaved his face and his body he looked pretty weird on these shows like somebody's little brother uh, it was very strange i mean thatcher i think is actually pretty charismatic i know a lot of people think his matches are boring and he's I'm got great facials people. yes like, like he's always selling what's happening in the ring. yes like there's that great moment in the Anthony Henry match, which we'll talk about, where he was like, oh, shit, like my leg is destroyed. What am I going to do? And uh, it was like almost corny, except that I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I would not. Thatcher has every type of charisma except like spoken charisma, I think. So, yeah, no, he rules. Um, and he set up that Henry match after this match when uh, he attacked him. They had like some miscommunication type issues during the match. And that led to uh, a singles match for the next night. Uh, just before this match, we got uh, Earl Cooter, friends. Brian Idol defeated Mike Verna. And I, I said on Twitter that uh, Mike Verna, all caps, got a reaction and Brian Idol couldn't. couldn't. And Mike Verna liked that, even though I was clearly shading him, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I don't have anything to say about this match. Uh, well, I take that back. The first half of this card was awesome. It was really building. Felt cool. It was like, oh, man, this is like one of the most fun Evolved shows um, in a long time. And then they bring out these guys to start the second half of the show. I mean, it's it was very dumb and, and very bad. Yeah, I... Uh was driving to Wendy's. I got the son of Baconator combo, um, which I shouldn't have done. It was just not worth the money or the experience of eating it. Uh, the Dr. Pepper was fine. Um, it shouldn't, doesn't Brian Idol, shouldn't he supposed to have like heat because he messed up a license or something? Isn't that a whole thing? Uh, he was still listed as the promoter for a few shows that had to cancel because his like promoter's license expired. I assume yeah. he got that renewed because I can't think of another reason he would be on this show. Okay, that if he if he's sorted it out, and that's why he's now got you know back in with uh, Volf here. I guess that would make sense. That was that was unusual when you guys were like, oh yeah, Earl Cooter's here now. While I was driving to Wendy's, I'm like, oh, that's a surprise. I don't know why this didn't like open the show. I don't know why it was like right out of intermission. Yeah, very bad choice. Very I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind doing like a lower level, like a, a re reset match after the intermission because hopefully you know people are coming back from merch tables or whatever so you don't want to throw something awesome out there right away i guess but yeah i wouldn't it wouldn't have been this although i didn't i you know i didn't see it but it wouldn't have been this with those guys for me leading into intermission was uh for me the best match of the night darby allen defeats walter uh i don't know he kind of countered a sleeper hold and rolled him up into a pen i don't know what to call that uh, but Darby wins in what was an absolutely incredible match. We had, I guess my favorite part was Darby working Walter's hand yes. to uh, try to stop him from chopping him, I guess. Uh, amazing stuff. Yeah, this was, uh, this was like a match of the year level match for me. This, I, I don't know that you can peak with better matches on a show of this level. Like, can you have a better minor league indie match than this? 
I don't, I don't know that you can. This was Darby's awesome. Uh, the match was super hot. All the cops in New York were behind the prison guard Walter, so that was distressing. But Darby, I think, eventually won most of them over. And yeah, he's just like an awesome babyface. He's super small, but he uses his weight like. I don't know if I want to say this, but it's like almost like a Rey Mysterio level where he uses his size and the other guy's momentum to his advantage when he's doing his comeback in a way that's super believable, even though it doesn't seem like it should be like the code red or targeting the hand or like that spot where Walter like lifted him up to do a move on the apron and Darby just landed on the apron because he's, you know, four feet tall or whatever. That stuff all kicked ass and made it all work, even though it seems like it should be absurd for tiny ass Darby and his Kurt Cobain, Daisy Dukes to to beat Walter here. Jake, your thoughts on the match? Uh, th- yeah, this is up there with the best stuff I've seen this year, easily. Darby is sort of, like, I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I, I think he is, like, my favorite wrestler right now. Just such a believable underdog babyface. Like, I've watched this guy's entire career, start to finish. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say, like, this guy shouldn't, he should chase the title. He should never be the champion. You know what I mean? Fuck that. Darby's the best, man. <laughs> you right. won over that this crowd was like 90% Walter to start and like on their feet cheering for him at the end. He's the man. I'm kind of bummed that I didn't like this quite as much as both of you did. Like I had it really? just below match of the year level. Um, like four and a quarter is kind of where I would have it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I do star ratings, but it, uh, I, you know, this this will definitely be one of the more memorable matches of my year. So that's sort of what I go off is. Am I likely to remember this in X months? Right. And honestly, Darby's been on the indie level. Darby has had like three or four of those over the last couple of years, which is more than a lot of guys. So yeah, Darby is the best. He's cool, even though he's like, I don't know, he's not like cool in a way that I would understand cool, but he's like. <laughs> Obviously authentic and like cool unto himself and like knows what he's doing. And even if the audience doesn't get behind it or like work with it, he's still just out there living his gimmick. And yeah, match was awesome. Um, I do wonder like making him the champion or something like he seems like the kind of guy that you don't know if he would work on like a bigger level. Like, could you, would he work in like a NXT or like a, like like a best of the super juniors. I feel like he's like one of those ECW mm-hmm. guys where they graduated him to WCW, WWF, and they just fell on their face because he wasn't meant for that stage, I guess. I think he's too good as a babyface. I, I don't I think he would have to succeed. Okay. I mean, I mean I think if they let him succeed, right. he'd succeed. Right. You know? I, I mean, but he he's not on this level, don't get me wrong, but like Brian Danielson succeeded, right? It's true. All the same. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just hard to imagine. I guess you know he, he his gimmick and his whole character is so authentic to being like indie guy making his dreams come true and out here and fighting with everything that it that it being so complete right now makes it hard to imagine him on the next level up. I feel like. Yeah, I think NXT kind of plays into that though, right? It's like. Can you see him under the bright lights on NXT? Like, I feel like putting him under all those. You know, neon LED screens and shit would just like. It wouldn't ah. feel like Darby. No, it would kill it. Yeah. It would totally kill it. You can't sell out. Yeah, but NXT is like people who still feel like they haven't sold out. Like the fans who are watching it feel like they're watching something that's authentic, even though it's not. Oh, I'm not speaking for like uh, myself personally. Like 
he'd be over in NXT because sure. anyone they push in NXT is over. Just like aesthetically. Just like, but his, new, he would be wrong. His face paint, like under like the WWE super produced rotating well, lights, and just face, doesn't. The face paint I could honestly do without, but. No, that's the right kind of weird. That's like the weird where you're like, what are you doing? But then it's like, oh, he's being himself, so it works. See, but but now I'm I had never thought about him in like a best of the super juniors. And now I'm kind of uh obsessed with it just in the last <laughs> one and a half yeah, minutes. You're welcome. Just marinate on that for a little bit. Like, can you imagine Darby versus Hiromu? That should happen. That should absolutely happen. That should happen like in Lucha memes. <laughs> Honestly, what I'm more excited excited about is the idea of something like uh Tiger Mask versus Darby. Mm. Where Tiger Mask just like tries to beat the shit out of him in the Walter roll. Yes, I just I love these big little matches. It's just it's extremely my shit. Oh yeah, and, now this and, this is like a super version of that uh, Drew Galloway versus Speedball Mike Bailey match from PWG. Yeah, yeah, this is like that on this was on on crack or something. This was the superior version of that, which I you know surprised to say, but Walter is like such a imposing. And just genuine asshole, you feel like, because you know yeah, he, sure. he makes it real. He just like beats the shit out of the guy, and then you're like, oh yeah, this is actually happening. Yeah, it's like I, maybe I'm a huge mark, but through there were times in this match where I'm like, no, Walter really doesn't think Darby Allen should be a wrestler. Like he really doesn't respect him in any way. The <laughs> like the, the manhandling that opened up this match, it was not like yeah. wrestling moves. He was like literally just picking you up and throwing around like a kid fighting his dad. <laughs> it was. I loved it. Was pretty it. crazy. It ruled. This was great. And Walter laid out Darby after the match with a big boot, so hopefully we're going to get another match between these two. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, see, they did that, and then they had Thatcher as like a baby face the next match. It's like, no, these guys are not faces. Like, get out of here. That's true. I, I don't know that they were trying to make... I know he was on the babyface team. I'm not sure they were trying to make Thatcher a babyface. I mean, they even they had him abandon the team at one point. They had him and okay. Henry not really get along. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an angle to set that up, and you know, you only have so many bodies. But right. I just, you know, people cheering Ring Kampf in general is just like alien to me. Like, yeah, sure, they all they all remind me of the super drunk girl at a WWN Super Show who's in love with Walter. I'm just like, no, this is <laughs> taking the wrong course on this one. Uh, uh, next match: uh, Ar Fox against DJ Z. Fox wins with the Fox Catcher. This, I thought, started out sort of uh, rough, but once they got going, it was... Uh, that rough. Kind of fun. That? Nope. Vetoed. No? You guys disagree? No, I was vetoing his Leon rough pun. Oh, oh man. I missed that. <laughs> Count yourself lucky, I guess. Uh, no, I just thought they... It took them a, a few minutes to get going in this match. It felt like they were uh, waiting for the... Or, you know, trying to think through the next uh, spots they were going to do. But once they started uh, getting a uh, rhythm together, this was great. Yeah, I like uh, I was going to say getting... everybody just agrees. Nobody wants to say anything. <laughs> you, should, you should pick one of us to throw it to first. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I just, no, that's know. cool. I mean, I'm just going to go first because um... – I don't know. Uh, I like how I like his air horn gimmick. He does the air, DJZ does the air horn gimmick all the time. I liked the beginning. They weren't doing it for like his big flippy spots or anything, but he was doing like these technical lucha transitions around Fox and stuff. And he would be like pointing at the horns, like "Yeah, check that shit out." That was funny to me. Jake, what did you think of the match? <laughs> I, I I don't remember it at all. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like wow. it, was, it was good. It was probably like three stars or something, right? Is that what you would uh, give it. 
Aaron? I went, I went three and a half. I really liked three it. Wow. That's... I'd say three and a half. Floor. Yeah, I, I, I was... Uh, I feel like these guys are automatic for three and a half. I think I was either yeah. looking at track suits on Amazon <laughs> and fixing a drink. I think of the two things. What's the what's the track suit thing? What did I miss out on? Uh, Ian uh, Brock Toon on Twitter was talking about shopping for track suits. I was like, that's a good idea. I should get a track suit. And I was looking at track suits. I've thought a lot about purchasing a stardom track suit. I've never owned a track suit. You know, I just figured that'd be cool. Why, why don't I own one? It's probably because yeah. I don't exercise, but um, <laughs> they look comfy. I feel like you're really making a statement if you go out in a track suit. Like you're really like announcing like, hey, I made this decision. Now I'm out here in the track suit. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much got to be like on a track team or an Italian mobster I, I, or, like, a I young, could, or a young boy. I could like buy groceries in a track suit, you know. I don't know. I would feel weird. I mean, I feel weird most of the time when I go out in public, but that would be like super, <laughs> super like look at me attention. Like, like yeah, really my, my top like and would, bottoms match. I like wouldn't go out to like get drinks or whatever. Or, sure. Or, like a- after like noon, I would not be wearing a tracksuit. Like running errands in the morning on the weekend or whatever. Sure. Why not? I guess it depends on the tracksuit. You probably have some understated tracksuits like that would a, not be. Just like a classy Adidas tracksuit. All right. There was a guy at uh, one of the Ring of Honor New Japan shows in Chicago in the full New Japan tracksuit, which I thought was a little much. Uh, it's a nice looking tracksuit. I like that they gave Harold one when he uh, came on. <laughs> like it was like a you know when when they uh, inducted Brookside into Stardom yeah. tracksuit, and they did the same thing for Harold Mays, became the president <laughs> of New Japan. It's like a funny, <laughs> funny wrestling thing. Here's your tracksuit. I really loved Harold out holding the picture of Vader for the uh, the uh, bell salute. Yeah. Like, and he had this really earnest look on his face. I was like, has Harold been up all weekend watching Vader matches on New Japan World? It was like he's been on the job for like two weeks. Like, like Vader has been in a coma for the entire length <laughs> of Harold's tenure with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And there's no indication he's like a, a wrestling fan, right? Oh, no, he is a wrestling fan. At least claims to be, so it might just be a worker. But okay. uh, yeah, right, he, he worker. certainly he said he said he'd watched Inoki and stuff when he was a kid, and then got back into it with uh, with Tanahashi and Nakamura, I think. Sure. Then Omega, the New Japan podcast. Omega said, "Oh, he told me that he really liked my match with Koto Ibushi, two or three falls or something at some DDT show." You, you can't trust Kenny, though. Well, no, I, I, I believe that Harold told Kenny that because I think that Harold's just a worker is what I think. He's just uh, like, yeah, I'm going to butter this guy up. That's fair. He's like, I really liked your uh, your match with the doll. That was uh, one of my favorite <laughs> matches of all time. He would have gotten the name right. I couldn't come up with it in the moment there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe put Tanahashi in the ring with the Vader picture. Yeah, so exactly. He's like, a, you know, he's the ace right. emeritus. Can you just see Gabe coming out to the ring if somebody in Evolve died and holding their picture up? <laughs> Can we make a joke about how he wouldn't afford a framed picture? It would be like a printout of an 8x10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's excellent. And it's, but it's, and it's also got to be someone who's not there. It's like Ethan Page dies. <laughs> and Gabe comes out with the... He got his start here. This is where he made his name. <laughs> that's right. Did you guys see Ethan Page burying Evolve on the on Twitter? I did not. I did not. Someone, I, I saw him misgendering someone, maybe, but I did not see. Yeah. Uh, 
He definitely did that. But someone asked him if he would ever go back to Evolve, and he quote tweeted it just to say no. <laughs> that was hmm. it. <laughs> strong. It's too bad. Right. Pro Boys is a strong run. All right, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> okay. Let's get to the real main event. Of well, we got very of- serious. You guys can't see Bentley, but on the camera, he's like, I'm not getting into the Troll Boys. <laughs> not having it. Uh, okay, time for the real main event. Leon Roth and Tommy Maserati. Yeah. Taking on Liam Gray and Adrian Alanis. Uh, Skulk versus Skulk action. This ends with Alanis pinning Roth after a top rope splash. Leon Roth is like, put the belt on him. <laughs> He was, uh, I like there was one point in the match where he was not in, he was on the apron, he was just jumping as high as he could into the air and like holding on, just 100% dialed up all the time. The skull's yeah, awesome. And, and then Brandon like, Tully is like, he walks over, he's like, no, you gotta hold the tag rope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have liked to see like Leon Ruff like just jump on his head at that point and do a yeah. stand on his shoulders. But yeah, this is like where you get the skulk out there and like Evolve seems weirdly contemporary and current, just like you have fun young guys going out there and like working their asses off and like they come out to cool music and you're just like yeah skull evolve this is cool yeah that's a great point this was like the most fresh evolve has seemed in a long time uh jake did you think leon ruff was uh the best wrestler on earth by the end of this match He's clearly the standout of the Skulk, even like before they get in the ring, right? Like yeah. when they're just like managing AR Fox, he's putting in the most work at ringside. Uh and he certainly delivered here, but I mean all of them were like good, you know, like no one sucked in there. This this was a great great tag match, and they don't have any tag teams anymore, so maybe they'll run this one back. <laughs> yeah, and between these guys and Austin Theory, you start to think like maybe AR Fox is pretty good at this. Can you imagine, like, there would have been a period of time where Austin Theory would have been in the Skulk. Yeah, yeah you would... said that on Twitter, and I can't stop thinking about it, actually. Yeah. Like, if if he, if Air Fox came back a year earlier, he would have been out there maybe being charismatic for once. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Gabe would have pulled the trigger on that. Maybe he was smart enough to be like, you don't really fit the whole vibe of this. It yeah, is a vibe. Just, yeah, it's a vibe. I love, they all just said, hey, hey, just over and over and over again. It's like, they're, I, I don't know, maybe they're heels, like A.R. Fox's position at the heel against Riddle, I guess. I guess it doesn't really matter, but they're like, it's the right side of like juvenile silly fun where they're just like way over the top and doing the same thing into uh, ad nauseum, I guess. Like, they're, <laughs> one of my favorite points was Ayla takes DJZ's helmet in the next match or the previous match, sorry. And she does like DJG's whole pose with his fingers. And it was like, yes, that's like the other actually pitched the detail where she's like, I'm just going to be juvenile and like totally cosplay him and do the whole taunt and everything. It's like, yeah, that's perfect. You're like fun, but kind of annoying, but in a good way. I love the Skulk. Skulk rules. And they came out the next night with, uh, or was it this night with t shirts? Yeah, they had names on them, which is so smart because we don't know them yet. So it's good to have their names on the back of their shirts. I posted on Twitter that I needed a Skulk shirt, and uh, one of our uh, loyal listeners responded to say, "Got to collect them all." <laughs> well, they should have like a little like a make your own T-shirt kind of gimmick at the show, Ooh. where you can get your own Ooh. name on the back of a Skulk shirt. There That's we cool. go. That's great stuff. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pass that along. I'm gonna DMAR Fox right now. I hope they just like they keep it together like as a unit, and it doesn't become a thing where they all break off, so that we can get to the point of having matching Skulk tracksuits. I think that's the dream. <laughs> Uh, they, I don't know if they asked all of the WWA four people to uh, to vanity search every member of the Skulk and like the tweets because I had tons of random people liking just the tweets that I did about Leon Ruff. Yeah, he was cool. Um, were they other WWA four guys? I mean, I'm just guessing. I really don't know that. I didn't okay. like. I didn't. I didn't do any work to discover them. <laughs> I was just like, okay, these people don't normally like my tweets, and um, couldn't even just like me. hover over the name. <laughs> the no, I, didn't, or something. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Mm. It's maybe really fast uh, maybe and furious during these shows. Okay, yeah. maybe Liam's just a sweetheart, and he has a lot of uh, friends and family that are excited for his success. He does seem like a sweetheart. Also, a straight edge kid, so uh, ah. really knows the way to my heart. Really does. All right, uh, Jarek one twenty. From John Davis in the Jarek and the second match on this show. Uh, Davis ultimately wins with the power bomb German suplex lariat combo. I don't know if he's got a name for that, but uh, here's the thing that you're probably realizing AT is the one who like does all the research and figures out what the names are called or what the moves are called. Mm. I don't do that. So I've got power bomb German lariat combo. Anyway, this match ruled. Jake, I know you're a big John Davis fan. I he was easily one of the standouts of the uh, FIP ACW uh, style battle era of, of Flow Slam. Um, he definitely got pushed way too hard, way too early in like the first two evolves. So he has that baggage kind of weighing him down. But I don't. Other than the one uh, Kincaid match that seemingly got him like fired for eight months, uh, this was good. The uh, yeah, his finisher was super cool. That looked very vicious. Whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That I don't think it has a name. He oh. used to do uh, six seconds around the world or something. This is old finisher, but nice. Yeah, it was like I was excited to see him come out. Um, I haven't seen a ton of him. Mostly the stuff that he's done in Evolve, but I did see him take on. Um, JD Drake. And I think that was in FIP. Uh, all I know is I buried James Drake on like the first time he came on Evolve, and um, then he DM me matches of his to watch. And all the ones he sent me were really good, and so I've been a fan of his ever since. He might be violating a journalist worker uh, confidentiality there, just outing him. Well, I guess I'm more adding that I'm uh, absolutely co-opted by uh, <laughs> by the real JD Drake. But anyway, yeah, this was I, cool. I guess I, the most interesting thing to me about this was that this was absolutely Jarek's best match ever in this promotion. Easily. And I thought John Davis really carried him along in this match. I thought uh I think the match was like pretty fine. I thought Jarek did some nice stuff. I kind of liked Jarek selling. Also, like there was that one move where he like whiplashed the dude against the ropes, and then like right after, just followed it up with a neck breaker. And I just really liked how the one move followed logically from the other. So look, the like goose taking advantage of the moment to do that. Um, I don't like his mask. I'm against his mask. Uh, the straight jacket is fine. I like the orange color on his gear. 
but uh, not with the mask. Is, is his new thing like he's a like Jordan B. Peterson uh, inspiration kind of snake oil guy? Because this whole promo at the beginning is about I'm inspiring. I'm the inspiration of Evolve. That was weird, right? I don't. I think that's just what he is, man. I, I didn't pay attention. Pay attention to the promo at all. Uh, I, I like the straight jacket look. I don't know. I feel like his gear gets better every time he comes back to Evolve. His gear, like, his gear is good. It looks, it's like, pro- it looks more professional every time he shows up. It's got a unique uh, theme to it between his two. He's got different colors for it. I like the gear. But I just don't remember him previously being like, I'm here to inspire you. I'm the most inspirational person involved. It was a lot like of you know weird self-help sort of YouTube adjacent kind of thing that you would expect from him. It was just fresh and, and kind of surprising to me. Yeah, if you watch his um, or the the mini doc that they did recently where he was kind of coming at Darby, that's kind of what he's trying to do right now is like you people all like Darby, but, you know, he sucks. I'm okay. actually a successful person. I may have just missed that mini doc entirely. It is. It's kind of odd that they had him lose here before his big match with Darby, right? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't really understand what's going on with him, especially like losing to John Davis, who's not really a big part of this promotion. And then, of course, he loses to Darby the next night. So kind of makes you wonder if they have any plans for him. Yeah, I would have thought they gave him the whole mini-doc. It seemed, it was a curious choice. I understand he, you know, they wanted to establish or reestablish John Davis on his return here. But yeah, it did. You know, Someone like me who has dipped in and out of WWN stuff, it's weird to see John Davis, who was like maybe not pushed credibly in FIP or whatever, Comes back here, beats this, you know, more fresh guy that you're trying to elevate for a big match the next night. It, I don't know. It didn't seem to do Cherik any favors, I don't think. I, I want to retract my take from a sec, from earlier <laughs> about uh, – it's not that – I guess I shouldn't say that John Davis carried him through this match. It's more that this is the first time we've really gotten a chance, other than the next night, to see Jarek in the ring with, like, a, a smooth season performer. So, so many of his matches in this promotion are against, you know, we're against the other uh, preliminary type talents and especially a lot against uh, or, you know, several times against Jason Kincaid, who I just don't care for at all. So maybe, it's, you know, it's just he got to be in there with someone who could help him show off a little more. Yeah, I thought the work was, was pretty good. I, I, the magician thing doesn't translate to the in-ring at all, um, in Evolve at least. Like, I've seen him, Jarek, work like Beyond and, and CZW and a couple other places. And it was like a lot of comedy magic spots, like a, like a telekinetic choke slam or like, you know, producing a quarter from behind someone's ear to distract them and then like punching them in the mouth, stuff like that. I get why they don't do that in Evolve because it's not that kind of promotion. Uh, but I don't know. It, there's a weird, just like, why is he a magician that wrestles? <laughs> it's like almost that kind of promotion. If Joey Janela is on top of it, though. It's like mm-hmm. halfway well, I, to that sort of promotion. I'm hoping to ask him about that. Uh, oh, very soon. Do tell. Um, I, w- I will. I will. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, I think I, I just pulled up his cage match. I think it's interesting that he doesn't work anywhere else right now. This works on his YouTube. He's been focusing on the magic. Yeah, he's got I, like a million subscribers. He's a big deal. He's bigger yeah. than this show. <laughs> <laughs> like he's doing you a favor. That's really that's that's uh, absolutely true. He just like he honestly hasn't worked that many matches total. I mean, I, I'm sure that Cage Match is missing some of his matches, but like the first page, if you scroll the way down, you're in 2010. 
Yeah, you should find his Reddit account. He probably has uh, links to his matches on there. Because I have gone through his Reddit account. Like when he first became a thing, I found his Reddit account and looked through lots of posts trying to find something funny. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I like. I kind of think I actually like Jarek. Ooh, not like I like Jarek. Yeah, I've never not like Jarek. I mean, you know, Jarek's like Jarek meme. But I did um, the red. The, the Reddit was like not. You sort of expect it to be off-putting, but it seemed very genuine. Oh yeah, and that's no. what I just look for is like authenticness and sincerity and genuineness in wrestlers. Now it's like most of what I'm invested in. Yeah, I mean, I liked him uh, personally when we uh, took that great selfie at uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, but uh, that was cool. And it, yeah, unfortunately, I missed the magic trick, but that seemed cool. Yeah, magic trick was dope. Did you guys know that he wrestled Braun Strowman? Yeah, he was on. Uh, he was yeah. one of the jobbers to Braun. Hmm. I hadn't put that together yet. <laughs> I believe. I believe when Kara found or started doing the deep dive on Jarek, I think I went and found that on YouTube or on something of the. No. His name was not Jarek; it was something else. But yeah, it was uh, Chase Silver. There you go. It's a good jobber name. It is a good jobber name. All right, that's enough uh, Jarek talk for now. The opener on this show, Bad Bones, taking on Josh Briggs. Briggs wins with the M5. I do want to correct that I said on the first show that Bad Bones was making his Evolve debut, which was uh, patently false, and I apologize to everyone I let down with that. Uh, I thought this match was pretty good. Like, I think the booking is weird and that like Briggs should have probably just destroyed Bad Bones. Um, because that's kind of what they it seems like they've been trying to do with him, but instead we got like a 50 50 match that turned out to be a cool match. Briggs is still pretty raw, I think, and but I can see that he's he's got something, yeah. I mean, I get not doing a squash because Bad Bones is like a name guy, sure. You know, it's not like he's uh, uh, Bishop King or somebody where they're bringing him in to, to be the enhancement talent, he's like you know, a WWX champion or former one, so. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, when was he previously in Evolve? Evolve 70-something. Hmm. Okay. I don't remember that's, that at all. Well, that's what uh, Lenny said on commentary. Huh. He, he would know. Quite a exact. When he said that, guy. I was like, oh, yikes. His jeans are, like, nice. overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, what did you think about that aesthetic? Kind of, like, suffocating. It's like getting every free square inch of space on his jeans had something going on. What about the uh, anarchy sign tattoo? Didn't notice that tattoo so much. I mean, I just I sort of, I know you're a tattoo guy. I just sort of uh, glaze over and it's just... tattoo on the back of his neck. A huge okay. red tattoo. As long as it's not like a hate symbol, then I it's just all sort of the same to me. He, he worked the dark match uh, at Evolve 71 against Billy Barboza. <laughs> Okay. It's weird to me that you would get like this guy, like this international wrestler in town for like one weekend only. And he's yeah. In a dark match, especially given how. Well, you used to work Impact and stuff, so maybe it was, maybe he wasn't, uh, maybe he was in the States. I didn't know he worked Impact. It does, it, it seems like he's in a weird spot on both these cards. I don't know. Yeah. I don't watch WXW. I know. That it's well regarded, and they obviously have some other major league talent. But um, 
yeah, it's where he was not positioned like a guy you're supposed to regard as a top flight import or anything. Well, uh, f- long time Evolve Pod fan Chelsea Cathcart uh, told me that he does not work WXW anymore. Yeah, so, he was like publicly fired from WXW. <laughs> yeah. Early no. last year, or we didn't know if it was uh, problematic, or it, yeah. it might also be at work because like the whole Dragonoff thing was a work, right? So I don't know. I don't follow the promotion. Well, he could be problematic because on I know that on Thursday night he worked IWA Mid South. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, but you go to those sometimes. <laughs> I do go to those sometimes, Ooh. but I'm also problematic. So I guess just cred takes a shot. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, I really. Uh, you tweet about it publicly. It's not like I'm. I know. I haven't gone in a while. Um, chill was, up, I haven't gone since like the Michael Elgin thing. And I just don't know. Yeah, you can plug know. John Davis into all Michael Elgin's spots. I know. I think yes. Fast, but why not? Yeah, including in New Japan. I think they're doing that with Jeff Cobb, actually. I just really like Jeff States, Jeff Cobb is. I, I don't think anybody like in our circle like rates him particularly high. Um, yeah, I think he must must just be presented pretty well on Lucha Underground or whatever, because oh, he's yeah. always he's always pretty over wherever he goes. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that. So I usually like him when I see him, but he's not like he's not like a dream. Like I don't want to see him in a main event. I guess like he's not like that guy to me, but. I, I, usually, I usually enjoy him when I see him. He's just not like a draw for me at all. But he worked Suzuki in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that was a weird match. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it sucked. It's just not, it was not fine. One. That's not the one I would have booked for either guy. Yeah, I, I did so not have high expectations going strange on. Strange stylistic matchup. I would like right, Jeff well, Cobb more if he dropped like forty pounds. Whoa! If he, got, if he got like down to like his body old, shaming, like, if he got down to like his old, <laughs> no, if he got down either... his old wrestling weight and could do more like amateur stuff in the ring, I think that would be a lot. Okay, cooler. how about either drop forty pounds or gain eighty pounds? <laughs> I really didn't expect uh, Hogan to body shame on this episode. It's not body shame. I didn't say he looked bad. I just think his <laughs> wrestling would be more exciting and mobile, and he would do something no one else does. Like there's there's. Plenty of strong guys out there. Yeah. When I first saw him in PWG, like that was my first time getting to look at him. I was like, oh, this guy rules. And then it just kind of went. But not that it went downhill, it just plateaued from there. He seemed to get like a huge rub off of whatever PWG preview had him like doing 12 seconds of amateur wrestling against Riddle. <laughs> and then he oh, got yeah. like that Riddle match in a lot of places, and it was never particularly interesting whenever it happened. Yeah, the AAA, AAW one was a dud. Uh, I guess the Progress one was regarded as like their best match ever for about 12 minutes. But, you know, Progress. Speaking of people who aren't particularly interesting, the dark main event of Evolve 107, Adam Cole defeats Walter. I know none of us have seen this match since we weren't there live. Uh, but, Jake, do you have any thoughts on you know, them using Adam Cole in this way, uh, Walter jobbing to Adam Cole, anything like that. I'm, I will say I'm glad that Brian did the preview show and not us. Cause I might've said, I think Walter might win. And then I was <laughs> uh, but thankfully I only said that in DMS. So I don't have to own that anywhere. I mean, you just said it on the show. Didn't happen. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Nate, any thoughts on uh, Adam Cole in Evolve? Uh, he seemed to draw a lot of people, so can't be mad at that. Sure. I was just like excited when he went to NXT so I wouldn't have to watch him ever again. And I think I still – I haven't watched him since he went to NXT, and I checked out when he became like the New Japan Bullet Club guy. But I think I still kind of like him. It's in the abstract, like not mm-hmm. watching his matches or anything. Just like <laughs> <laughs> he was <laughs> – you have some of the weirdest like uh, ways of whether you like wrestlers or not. Like their wrestling doesn't seem to factor in at all. I I like Adam Cole. Like I hate him as like a cool guy, but if he's just like a like an annoying dickhead that like you know eats shit or whatever by like by a superior wrestler, you know that's fine. But, like him is like a a champ does nothing for me. See, I th- he's like he he. He's- Positioned, or he's he's best as like a smarmy guy who thinks he's cool, and the heel stuff is supposed to be where he thinks he's cool, but you actually hate him. You know, like when he was on top of the kingdom, that was like ideal. That's like ideal Adam Cole there. But like everyone thinks he's cool, right? So the NXT fans just think he's genuinely cool. I think so. That's where you get the uh, dissonance. I I would say as a dark main event, so you don't actually have to watch him. But you still get the benefits of his fans there making a lot of noise the whole show. Perfect spot for him. Yeah. Yeah, it just boggles my mind that he's so popular. I just cannot begin to understand it. I he was the most charismatic guy. Like like he has a presence and attitude that other people on in the indies never had. Uh, I don't know how it's translated in NXT, but it always seemed like he was meant for the WWE anyway, just because of his uh, level of personality, I suppose. So I, I get how that could make him popular where he is now. That com- that computes to me. He's a great promo. I mean, always delivered in ROH. He's just like not good at wrestling. And so you're very uh, hung up on the wrestling thing. But like wrestling, that's like the least important part of. I know somebody was saying wrestling. that. <laughs> Some people were talking about that on Twitter recently about like people thinking that how well you work has anything to do with like your. Popularity and I, I mean, guess it does. It can. It's you can a guess. Yeah. But you think about like Hulk Hogan or you know but yeah, any like of the biggest all, stars of all time. All We're, cool, yeah, cool I, I'm 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 post work right now. Except I just did a whole thing about Joey Janela not having the yeah best work rate for this promotion. Like, I hate Adam Cole's look. Oh no, this is it's a good look for his character. If he were not supposed to be cool, he's like... I don't know that he is supposed to be cool. Like Like People say he was the heel, or they were complaining about how Chicago cheered him when they were supposed to boo him because he's supposed to be the heel. I think he's supposed to be the smarmy cool guy who's not actually cool and is just an asshole. That's what I think. But but if the fans think you're cool, then you're cool. If you get in front of an audience that's too large, then you miss the subtlety of that intent. If you're funny long enough, you become a baby face. That's just... Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just like truly cannot stand the guy, and so it's, it hurts me personally that he's so popular. <laughs> but like, we didn't actually have to watch him wrestle this weekend, and we've been talking about yeah. it for like five minutes. Yeah. So he, I guess Evolve and he are very smart. Yeah, he's not anywhere near my list of like great injustices of who's not or who's too popular, or who's not popular enough. He's like, I'm fine with where he is. Like most popular guy in NXT is like. That's true. I, I mean, I guess I'm glad at least he's not on these shows that I have to watch every month. So 
I got that going for me. Like when he gets called up to Raw and debuts in Moline, it's going to be like I'll never know, see him again. Seventy percent people who have not heard of him. So We're missing Raw right now. Missing what? On TV. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what city are they in? <laughs> Gives a shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Evolve Championship match. Matt Riddle defeated Ar Fox. I was stopped while uh, Riddle was uh, striking Ar Fox. I guess my biggest question on this one, I'll go to you first, Jake. Did you ever think AR Fox could win the match? No, not once. Did that hurt your enjoyment of the match? Not at all. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, well, I, did- that doesn't matter. Like, I, I realize it's a factor for a lot of people. Um, like, if they can make me believe that's cool, but I, I, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I have a pretty level head going into matches about what is and is not possible. So it, it doesn't. If I'd been spoiled, I would I wouldn't have cared going into this one because Ar Fox is just on a, this weekend especially just on another level of being entertaining. He worked barefoot. He was he was great in this match. Like went completely with like the amateur wrestling type style to begin. It just showed off how versatile he is. And well, and also more importantly, doing that and also losing every single exchange. Yes, yes, he's just so good. It's yeah. like I wasn't a huge. AR Fox fan before this run back and evolved. Like I always kind of love him his first couple of matches, and I'm like, oh yeah, he kind of does the same thing. But right. I feel like he's uh, gotten to a new level. It feels like a fully fleshed out act at this point. Yeah, like even even if the skulk wasn't there, like Ayla is fantastic, and and I don't know, it's just like, it's like a, it's like a party every time he gets in the ring. It's like what Matt Riddle thinks he is. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. I was bummed to see Riddle kick out of the fox catcher when no one had done that. Uh, perhaps this is what it was built for, though. I did. That. I bought the Fox Catcher false finish, so that's my answer. Uh, which, so it was a 450. I guess it was the, the second 450, which I think Riddle rolled out of the ring for. That, that, was, that was the time I thought, uh, he might actually, and then when he went out of the ring, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, the rollout was very clumsy. It was like, Fox definitely had an opportunity to get him for the pin, and Riddle like rolled the, the long way out of the ring. Yeah, that was a little goofy. Yeah, I thought that hurt the match a little bit. That, but that was the only part, really, uh, that wasn't really good in this match. And not uh, to take keep... anything away from Riddle, either, who brought not the full level of the violence that he had against o- Osprey, but uh, especially down the stretch, was a killer, you know? Press the attack. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, as much as I talk negatively about Riddle, his ring work, at least of late, is always pretty good. It's just that I'm never, I'm never invested in Riddle. Yeah, his matches almost always deliver, but they're not to my liking, mostly in terms of his offense. He's sort of like the Shane Strickland match the night before. Like Strickland has all the cool signature spots that look really good, uh, whereas Riddle is like a good wrestler, but all of his signature spots and offense looks like kind of soft and you're not that impressed by it. So he didn't do the tombstone in this match, which was fantastic because his tombstone's terrible. He didn't yeah. do it uh, against Strickland either. Okay. Yeah. So he's learning. Maybe he's facing that out. He does that, like the jump to the corner with the forearms, but there's like no range of motion on the forearms. So he's just, yeah. that looks like he's tapping him in the cheek. I hate that upkick spot he does. Oh, that's awful. Oh, it drives me insane. Yeah. But he's like, I don't know. He's, I guess, super over. People yeah. are with it. Yeah. 
Which I get a lot, I get a lot more than I get uh, Adam Cole, but uh, I like that he's finishing matches with strikes with some regularity. I think that's, that's a cool little uh, point. If he's going to be the MMA guy, he should actually like do MMA. Remember when he was like the MMA guy and like, wouldn't even go on Irish whips and stuff. That yes. seems like an eternity ago. Yeah. When he had the short hair. Yeah. Yeah. So here's yeah, my, so, here's, here's oh, my sorry, complaint about this. Okay. So this is sort of my thing about the whole brand not being in sync here is you have the skulk out there. You have Air Fox, and then like on commentary is Ron Niemi, and he's like, "Oh, they're getting ready to pop the crystal at ringside." Like, <laughs> and during the four-way that we'll discuss, um, Lenny Leonard was like, "He should try out for Wicked because he's defying gravity or something." <laughs> and it's like these, like at least Moro's references are like you can tell he reads R slash Black Twitter because his references are like <laughs> too current. <laughs> like Lenny you're like okay I can hear your khakis on the commentary here guys so I really this does not fit with the skulk this does not fit Saeed Al-Sabah like uh, you know we gotta we gotta tighten that all up so it all comes together yeah Ron Neamey just does not fit at all in this promotion Lenny Leonard I think is the best he's Lenny's so good solo I don't unless he's like phasing out and retiring or something I have no idea why you would give him a color guy. I don't know. He showed up during the flow slam era and then just never left. I don't know. He, yeah, he, um, every time I see him, I'm reminded of, uh, maybe it was Taub. Taub did a whole thing on him being demonstrably horny on commentary. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I think of every time I see him now, which is, you know, that's, that's a t- tried and true, uh, character type in wrestling is the demonstrably horny commentator. I don't know why. Um, I gotta say, he made it through an entire match. Yeah, no, he didn't do any of it. Ford and Priscilla Kelly, and didn't say anything horny. So, yeah, no, they certainly seem to have eliminated that. But I still think of that every time I yeah. see the guy. Well, also, said, evolve has toned down the horny, right? Like Priscilla Kelly used to be just like the the evil seductress, and that was like the only woman on the show. Right. Yeah, and, she was full. And now they've got you know Ayla who is not that at all is Air Fox's loving and supportive wife and uh, <laughs> Penelope Ford, who's, you know, doing high spots and taking people out. Uh, it's certainly not women wrestling on the card, but it's better yeah, than it was only, yeah. eight months ago. Yeah. Still the only women on the show. Uh, they're still men to the ring. <laughs> That's it. Yes. They're still just sexy valets, but it doesn't evolve. Have a women's promotion. <laughs> Somebody call Ryan. Well, they've got, uh, you know, shine. They have shine. Yeah. Yeah. Which is they terrible. Could. And they has, could its, has its own problems. <laughs> oh, sure. They could ostensibly build to a Priscilla Kelly-Penelope Ford match in Evolve proper. I thought they were building to it because they're, they're doing a double bill with Shine at like New York, right? I thought they were going to build to that. That's probably more likely. But I, I mean, I'm not like dying for women's wrestling in Evolve, but I'm not against it. It would be cool. Priscilla was fully China here. Like her, she just had like literal <laughs> old China gear on. <laughs> also, she's like, I'm, she seemed like pretty ripped and tough now. I don't know if she was always that and I didn't notice her. She's always been like super fit. Yeah. Um, and like not muscular, but like looks like she does some weight training for sure. Is this yeah. weird? No. Well, maybe this. <laughs> I really jumped on that no so fast. Uh, <laughs> I, listen, I just got done talking about Jeff Cobb's body. So. <laughs> I was just, you know, she's like very cool approaching Chinaness of like her black gear, black hair, and she's fucking ripped. So, 
Well, cool. she's trying China to get to cool. the Fed. China kicked ass. Trying to make it to the Fed. She doesn't want Austin Theory to leave her behind. So, look like China. I think it's a pretty good career path. There you go. Well, not, not really. <laughs> I mean, if you want Triple H did to you, sign did you, you, see what they did to China. <laughs> I just mean if you want Triple H to be interested in you and uh, and sign you. All right, I guess Let's now. Move on. I yeah. made it weird. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> All right, I. Uh, after this, uh, oh, sorry, I want to interject here. The no rope breaks thing for Riddle. It's like I don't know if you've mentioned this before, but it's totally like a whiny heel thing, right? Do you do you listen to the show? Oh, I do, no? but like you know, I'm driving, I'm working, I'm doing other things, so wow, wow. I don't like remember every detail. But he it, just it's wants very to much hear like, the nice sound of your voice. Only we did this instead, and it's like his thing. I don't know. It's it's stupid. Uh, I'm into it. I like it. I think it. <laughs> I don't They've mind. done a good job like building things to it. And they usually use it well in the matches, but I, I, I just feel like him having his own gimmick match because he lost one time but totally wouldn't have if we were doing things my way instead is like a total heel thing. Oh, yeah. We've been saying like for the entire run of the show that Riddle's yeah, yeah. a heel. Um, and so, I, yeah, I couldn't I, agree more. I like him as – so like with, when Saber's the champ, right? He's, he's your guy. You want him to win. That's why you're invested. I like – I kind of like Riddle as like the wall that everyone like runs into. Um, yeah, I, think I, I think I am not that invested in, but his challengers are so colorful and interesting that it doesn't matter. Ah, the Okada. I wasn't going to make that comparison, but <laughs> <laughs> the Okada. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense at this point, based on everyone they have here for Riddle to be the champion. He's like definitely the biggest star in the promotion and one of the better workers. So. I like it. I, you know, I'm just, I don't get fired up about him, but a lot of people do. People come out to see him. People get excited when he comes out. So hard for me to argue with. I think, uh, I think having four different rule sets on one show is a lot because <laughs> you have the standard evolve rules, which they just changed. Then they had the catch point rules, which were the old pure title rules. Is that right? Yep. Yes. And then you had the FIP rules and then you had the Matt Riddle rules. That's a lot. Yeah, but the FIP rules are there are no rules. That's okay. That's still a different rule set. <laughs> Hashtag F yeah FIP. <laughs> I do think when they do the FIP matches, Timothy Barr should do his terrible. He should swear. Yeah, he should swear. He should insult, insult you know injured wrestlers and all that shit. Oh, Timothy Barr. I'm not going to bury him on this. I, uh, I like him as a ring announcer. I, I, I don't know. Like He's got a decent voice, decent gravitas. He's usually pretty quick with working with whatever's going on in the building, even if I don't think he's actually like funny, but he's quick. No, he's not funny. <laughs> I like he's that. Like... The, the <laughs> FIP ring announcer gimmick was funny. <laughs> not Yeah, it was great. Oh, and I didn't watch any FIP. I'm not going to lie to you. He was awful. I, it's very funny to see this Timothy Barr do his wipe the boots thing before getting into do the ring announcements when like an FIP he was like yeah fucking Shibata got his head knocked off all these matches were six stars it's like terrible hacky yeah, shit. doing ring announcing in a poison t-shirt <laughs> okay well I'm sorry I missed that uh, speaking of different rule sets gentlemen in a catch point rules match uh we got kind of Tracy Williams versus Chris Dickinson. Apparently, Tracy lost because he used his uh, used closed fist too much, and it was like a five second match. Yeah. Um, so, the, 
Here's another thing on my Tracy is the heel in this feud. Like they're under catch point rules and he immediately gets himself disqualified by breaking the catch point rules. It's like, dude, you are not catch point at all. Like, obviously you are not cut out for catch points. If you can't follow the catch point rules, like your whole leadership of catch point was like, I think maybe about you being exposed as a phony anyway. So this is just underscoring that. Um, so yeah, catch point is better off without him. Uh, I get the storytelling or like, you know, the broad sort of, uh, healing they were doing or not healing the broad sort of, I guess storytelling where he was getting cheap shots in on Dickinson by punching him with a closed fist. But it's kind of dumb when you have a whole show with people who are ostensibly throwing closed fists and they're not like knocking guys off their feet like they were doing to Dickinson here. Yeah. It does make Dickinson look like a geek for sure. It was silly. It's like, Oh, a superpowered punch because now punches are illegal, therefore they hurt more. That was very, very pro wrestling sort of uh, nonsensical thing. Yeah, and it sucks because like I love Chris Dickinson and I think he should be a bigger star in this promotion. And instead, he's looking like a geek. Uh, Dickinson looked pretty cool when he was just kicking the shit out of him, though. He really laid yeah, in a sure lot did. of those kicks. Yeah, that was good. I was like, yeah, yeah so- he's getting his revenge on his shitty old boss, Tracy Williams. <laughs> The baby yeah, face. So after this uh, ends, Tracy goes after Stokely. Dickinson then attacks Tracy. We get the rest of Catchpoint out. They kind of get the upper hand. And then they hold Tracy down so Stokely can punch him, which he does repeatedly. But then we get Josh Briggs out. Uh, earlier in the show, which we'll get to uh, in due time, Stokely offered Josh Briggs a Catchpoint contract. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He just kind of left. And so we get the will he or won't he moment. But, of course, he attacks Catchpoint and uh, saves Tracy there. And so he's you know clearly not going to be joining their ranks. So what did you guys think about this use of uh, Josh Briggs? Jake? He's over. I mean, I think this angle is not good. Um, well, just because, like, Tracy hasn't done anything to earn redemption. Like, he got betrayed, but, like, Stokely rules. Come on. So Josh Briggs is out here laying everyone out. And to be fair, they are in front of probably a large beyond crowd where he works a lot and is pushed. So that helps. Uh, but I, it was a good beatdown. Yeah. Uh, it did get a really big reaction for whatever reason. So everyone loves tearing up contracts. Okay. And they did. Yeah. The tear it up chant. That was kind of fun. That's a fun sort of burn it down thing, I guess. Um, you know what they did? Uh, did we talk about the Austin theory angle after the main event? No, I was then making myself a note to make sure I covered that at some okay. point. So I, was gonna <laughs> I skipped say, over it. They did a really good job. I'll give them credit on this. They did. Uh, they set up two future matches for this venue or for this town between this angle and then the main event angle, which is good when you have probably a bunch of first-time Adam Cole fans there. You're like, hey, here's the angle. You can see the match when we come back. I thought that was good. Yeah, that was great. That was very smart. Yeah, I'll, I'll just do it now. After the after the main event, we got uh, Theory coming out. He attacked Matt Riddle. Uh, AR Fox is doing the, hey, you know, you're supposed to be one of us. You're not really supposed to do this type of thing, which is kind of weird, but I guess it made sense. Uh, Priscilla kind of touches Ayla, and Ayla <laughs> gets very pissed off. Hey, that was really, great there. really wanted to see Ayla and Priscilla go at it. And then uh, once that's all cleared up, Riddle cuts, you know, his normal dumb babyface promo that o- referenced earlier. The only fun part was when uh, the Skulk put bandanas on Riddle, but then he did a dumb <laughs> dance and, and ruined it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they announced that uh, they're going to get do Riddle versus Theory. 
at uh, the next Melrose show, which is going to be uh, on the um, Evolve Progress Tour on August 5. That's it. Wanted to make yeah. sure I covered that. Okay. It got a very good, like, classic Austin sucks chant, which is like. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, you got the desired reaction. That was good. Yeah, and Theory did a better job. We're going to talk about him in, a, in a, just a few minutes, but he did a better job uh, on the mic on this show. So I was I was happy for him. So the next match we get Saeed Al-Sabah versus John Davis versus Bad Bones versus Jaka. I really was worried we were going to get another Earl Cooter match here. Uh, Al-Sabah wins with uh, like a blockbuster type move. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you don't come here for me to describe the matches to you, I suppose. Uh, they announced after the show that they have signed Saeed Al-Sabah. And so he gets the big win here to establish him. And he was also just great in this match. Yeah, he was really cool. He had like four layers on of clothing. Yeah, what um, was that about? I don't know. It seemed to work for him, though. It stood out. I mean, he's also in this match with Bad Bones, who, as we mentioned earlier, is wearing a whole lot of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Really... And he's... But like the whole time, all I can think about is like, you must be uh, dying in there because you could tell how hot it was. Everybody was sweating profusely the so. fire alarm went off <laughs> sure yes but, yeah uh, saeed was really fresh and he had some unique spots that were really fresh and he had fresh music and uh he was cool I, I'm, it's a good move i think to they gave him a big win here too yeah his entrance music was great i really i hope that it's like i don't know what it is but i liked it i'd like to hear it again That's yeah it. and i tried to shazam it didn't work yeah it was very good uh, this is cool. It, it makes me think, and I, I always think like Gabe's going to do one thing and he does something completely different, but this show does start to make you think. And then when you add last month, even though they didn't bring these guys back, but you guys like Myron Reed and Trey Miguel, maybe they're going to go to a younger, more athletic type uh, for at least part of the show. Yeah. That's why bad bones kind of felt like he's from a different era. He seemed like, yeah, like Perry Saturn with like a mid two thousands, coat of paint on him or something um which maybe you know it might just be a thing like you can't be american wrestling can't be too cool because most of the wrestling fans in america aren't cool so you have to have people like bad bone bad bones yeah i mean that's that's a fair take it's true yeah you uh, can't have saeed al sabah uh all the way up and down the card i guess is my the thrust of what i'm saying so they got some variety yeah. He was cool. I liked him. I'm looking forward to, I, you know, I've literally never heard of him. I guess he worked ACW. So Jake, you had clearly seen him many times before. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't, I don't remember anyone from ACW. Like there's, there's Perot or Perot or whatever. And then there's like a fat guy who dresses kind of like Sub-Zero. <laughs> those, are the, those are the only two people that I remember. Excellent. I, I, I looked at his Twitter because we looked up his Twitter. Which yeah. Is like next day. And he, I think he said he's only been dressing for 20 months or something. Oh, He's wow. High-level Twitter game as well. Yeah. yeah. How do you hey, do... Keep in kayfabe on Twitter, by which I mean tweeting in his authentic character voice of <laughs> right. himself, which is very important. I mean, is there any way to do the capitalize every word other than just to type it out that way? No, and you've got to be on no, a keyboard it's... too, right? Because you can't do that on a phone. That's a pain in the ass on a phone. Oh, God, yeah, that'd be miserable. So he's like he's like Thoros. He only uses Twitter from his desktop. Is that a Thoros thing? Is that yeah. true about Thoros? Really? Yeah, he's he got does. a phone. He plays Bang Dream. Yeah, but he pretty much only uses Twitter on the web client. Really? Yeah, that's why that's he's great. always so late to my takes. 
The only person later than Thoros to my twigs, my takes is Graz. Graz, man, you got to catch up on the West Coast out there. He's got weird work hours too. So I do like I'll scroll through Twitter, you know, like hours later, and I just I just like stuff, even if it's like eight <laughs> hours ago. I'm still gonna smash that like button. That's what Tab does since Tab's been uh, out canvassing. Tab stuff. will go through and like like ten posts in a row. Hey, he's a good friend. <laughs> Twitter, we're like, talking. So I, I asked him if he's busy. I don't, since I'm. We're filling his seats here on the show. Right. If there's, if there's a statement he wanted to prepare for me to read or whatever. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, write something for you. It's like two days ago, I got nothing. So. Damn. I don't know. Get out I and did, people. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to say that by filling in for Tab here, I am actually doing uh, leftist organizing by enabling him to be out actually doing it for real. Yeah. my I, I felt kind of guilty in that, like, maybe I should at least do phone calls or something. Yeah, well, like, he did guilt us pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I don't know the district. I don't know the issues in this district. I mean, somebody's yeah. going to get me on the phone, and they're going to be like, you sound like you're not from here. <laughs> like, I have an extremely Kentucky-ass voice. I mean, I just... This is why capitalism is good, is we can just give money to the campaign in place of uh, time or effort or care or love. Uh, yeah, just give money to Alexandria. Ocas- oh, I'm not going to say anything. Who knows about election law? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of subject to like FEC violations or whatever, like is that a, is that a thing we need to worry about? God, I don't know. I, I mean, no, I can't time, do we need to give equal time to Joe Crowley? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we do. I'm gonna I'm gonna have um, Al Giordano on the show to talk about <laughs> why Joe Crowley. Is good. Yes, I'm. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, no, we all know. Did Peter Dow turn face? It seemed like he turned face. No, come on. Uh, there, there you are. Can, you can say saying good things now, but let's wait. Let's see what happens in twenty twenty. He made like four good tweets. That's pretty. We've pretty all remarkable. made four good tweets. Okay? <laughs> Speak for yourself, Oat. I only make bad tweets. Okay. Uh, speaking of <laughs> all of that. FIP championship match, Austin Theory versus DJZ is the announced match. But Austin uh, Theory has a promo before the match. He says Joey Janela, who beat him the night before, has no future in wrestling, while Austin Theory has the WWE title in his future. Where's the lie? What's that? Where's, Where's the lie? The lie? Yeah. This, this was my favorite part. But as long as I'm FIP champion, I'm the face of WWN. And no one is going to take uh, the FIP title from him. So, of course, Joey Janela's music hits comes out and challenges Theory to put the FIP title on the line in a three-way. And uh, Theory accepts by saying, you want this title, you indie piece of trash? <laughs> which I which I enjoy. So then we get this match. Uh, ultimately, Austin Theory retains. He rolls up Janela after Janela hit DJZ with a super brain buster. Very strange finish. Yeah, they totally worked me into thinking that Theory was going to lose his belt here. And he was on his way out because with hot shotting Joey back into the match there, that just seemed like something you only do if you're trying to accommodate for scheduling or not having talent or whatever the case may be. Um, Cause yeah, it's, I mean, it seems like theory is eventually NXT bound. I don't know. Yeah, but they don't really, they don't sign guys that young. Oh, Hey, here DJZ 16th entrance entrant in the battle of Los Angeles. Nice. Good for DJZ. Very good for DJZ. I did. I said this to someone the other night, but PWG is where you become an indie star. Like, Evolve, you can 
maintain your star level, but uh, Austin Theory is not going to be a star in Evolve. You have to be in PWG. The pipeline is a myth. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if Gabe wants to hold on to Austin Theory because he thinks he can make him a star first and make some money with him and then have him be a name signing to NXT instead of a line item signing, then uh, you got to get him into Bola, man. That's, uh, I think you're right that like getting in Bola or getting regular PWG bookings is a bigger sign that you're a star. Uh, but there is something to having, there, there's something to that relationship between Evolve and NXT, I think. Yeah, I mean, it gets you looked at. Yeah, I would say who is an Evolve guy like that made it to NXT that's not like a PWG guy? Um, I don't know. I'd really, I'd really have to think about this. I mean, Shane Mercer got booked on NXT. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, I, I don't doubt that there might be a pipeline where you might get a tryout in NXT and might get signed to a minimum wage contract at NXT to learn how to wrestle. Uh, you can probably do that through Evolve. But if you want to be a name Ricochet Adam Cole signing, you have to go through PWG. That's what I think. Yeah, I don't. Is PWG as hot as it was like two years ago? Uh, I think not among our circle, but it's it's still PWG still a big deal. Okay, yeah, because it's not a big deal to me at this point. But right. obviously, that doesn't mean yeah. Anything, like I but. like I would if I lived like near LA or could go to the shows, I'd be at every single one. But like, I don't buy DVDs anymore. I couldn't tell you the last show there's that I watched. To be honest, I'm interested in seeing the new venue. I might I might check out Bola this year. But yeah, I'm still I mean, very interested in the previews. If so, that's you know, you don't I mean, need to I, see the whole show. I think they're going to book something that'll be cool with PCO that I'll probably want to check out, but yeah. I don't know. There's I need to see wrestling live, I guess. Like, tapes doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You watch tons of tape wrestling, Jake. Like what? I don't know. You always seem to be watching something that's on. I don't Unless you're just wrestling. at these shows, and I don't realize it. No. I, I, I usually only watch wrestling live or like with a group of if i can organize like a group watch that's fine but when you say live are you saying in person no in person is great but no i like i need like a, an eye pay-per-view or something okay sorry i was hey. very confused i was very confused i apologize yeah. everyone <laughs> no i'm the same way uh, taped wrestling is very uh inert to me can't put the genie back in the bottle you know yeah but i don't know i guess most of what i watch is like japanese indie so i, I have really no choice <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's why TJPW is better than Stardom. Uh, I still haven't made it. I still haven't watched more than like one match of of Tokyo Joshi Pro because it comes on that's too good. late, man. And it comes on at the only time is reasonable for live Japanese wrestling. Well, I know, but I'm yeah. It usually starts at like ten p.m. Yeah, very reasonable. No, it came on at like midnight last time, didn't it? Mm. We're in different time zones. That's true. You're right. Came on at 10 for me or 12 for me. Okay. Uh, speaking of Tokyo Joshi Pro, <laughs> Anthony Henry. <laughs> Timothy Thatcher. Henry ultimately wins with a leg submission. Uh, I buried this on Twitter before it started, and it turned out to be awesome. Uh, it kind of They lost it for me a little bit at the end because Henry is going after the leg, and it looks like he has the leg mostly destroyed, but then he kind of gives up on it and starts doing ankle locks, which I thought was weird. Hmm. It really had a chance, I thought, to turn this into uh, an excellent match, but it kind of went downhill a little bit at the end. 
when he first applied the finishing ankle lock, he started to put it on the wrong leg. Oh, yeah. Um, that rule. <laughs> hey, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm, this is obnoxious to do because everyone that will hear this will hear this later. T-Hawk is the 18th entrant in the Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, well, that's interesting. There you go. You might be over now. Mike Spears should enjoy that. Maybe we'll get Shima in there. Uh, yeah, so this Anthony Henry match I thought was awesome. These are like sort of – this is like a quintessential Evolve match to me, I think. Uh, it, 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 I enjoyed it at one point. They looked like they were trading intensity facials, like trying to one-up each other with how intense they could look. Um, and I also owe him a huge mark for the figure four on the ring post spot that Bret Hart used to do. That gets me every single time. Uh, and they really had the crowd, I thought, all the way through this, like – when Anthony Henry added the grapevine on the ankle lock, the crowd actually popped for it, which is like, hey, they're invested in paying attention to the match. Uh, so, yeah, this was a, a good win for Anthony Henry here. I do have to say I bet J.D. Drake was bummed that he missed out on the uh, everybody gets the big upset weekend because he was not <laughs> here to get a big win over Walter or anybody. Yeah. Well, he's had a lot of time to shine. He just had that great match with Matt Riddle. True. And the match with Keith Lee. And Keith Lee. Yeah. And Keith yeah. Lee. But did not win. No, no. Wins are important. Yeah, well, we get, and then, you know, we get Walter laying out Anthony Henry after this. So, uh, you know, clearly we're going to get a Walter-Anthony Henry match. Which if they can that, bring this intensity to that one, that sounds amazing. What On the pre, on the previous show, Brian gave the take uh, that Anthony Henry was not the kind of guy who would ever make it to NXT. I don't think I agree with that. Like, I think he's got a really good look, and it's, I'm, a, I'm down on his tattoos. But really, good look, good-looking guy. And great worker. I don't see why he couldn't. I mean, he's small, but I don't see why he couldn't be an NXT guy. Duh, I think. How, be an how old is he? That I don't know. He seems pretty I, cause young, he was, though, right? I, no, because he was in, um, like, NWA Wildside, like, where, like, AJ Styles oh, got his start, yeah. I think. So he's been around since at least that. the early 2000s. That's why I would say he maybe doesn't make it to NXT. Um, but he's certainly got the talent. Like, I... I've always kind of liked him, but haven't gotten like sort of the big match from him yet. And going in, I honestly didn't think this would be like a great showcase because you know sometimes Thatcher's going to Thatcher, uh, and I do enjoy that style, but it's not something that usually shows well. Uh, <laughs> but he brought the intensity you usually get out of like him in you know Europe or when he worked PWG or when. Chris Kiro and him would just throw bombs at each other here in Evolve. So it was really nice to see him step outside of his vision and then do something yeah. really exciting. Yeah, it was more like some of those like hero matches he would have uh, in that they had a little better tempo and a little more hard-hitting than your normal Tim Thatcher match. Uh, it looks like Anthony Henry is 33. will turn 34 this December. So those are prime NXT years right there. Yeah. He would need to go like now. He could be uh, a champ at like forty. Bobby, Bobby Roode started at thirty-eight or something. Eric Young. You have, you have to work Impact first uh, to get that run. That might be the route. It might be. Uh, I didn't. That I, is, he 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 plays younger than that though. He does. He does, and he's in. I mean, he's in great shape. It's not like he's starting to. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm looking at his uh, pro wrestling uh, fandom website. <laughs> okay. And I, I see a budding uh, problem here because one of his nicknames is listed as the patron saint of wrestling. Is that Uh-oh. someone else? That's that's Brandon Thurston. <laughs> yeah. That's well, no, Brandon he, Thurston's 
He's, Demo- he's the patron saint of professional wrestling. Okay. Well, which uh, clearly he ripped off from Anthony Henry. Oh. I don't think this is a good name for either of them. <laughs> what does that mean? Bring it up in the slack. Are these guys trad? These guys trad cats? <laughs> no. So Thurston's whole thing is that like him and his his gang of like kind of amateur style guys like ran out all of, like the comedy gimmicks from from their promotion. Which I think is Empire. Okay. Like, like, he, like, oh, he, you know, ran like off, like, Patrick all, thing. Like they used to book like Dick Justice. So he's like, "You're a joke. You're not a real wrestler. Get out of here!" And he lost a loosely town and had to go away. Like that kind of stuff. Seems rude to book a guy just to do that. Well, sorry, <laughs> he's a heel. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I guess that fits with the. I can't really see him as a heel either. He's a natural babyface. Uh, Bentley, you're muted. That's great because I've been doing a bit and I repeated it twice because I thought you stepped over it the first time, <laughs> but in fact, you just couldn't hear it. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to run that bias again? I mean, it's going to fail, but I'm going to try it anyway. The thing about Brandon Thurston's group <laughs> is it's all about competition. Okay. That's all I had. It was like a catch point joke. I don't know. Yeah. Well, again, that I know you guys have said that it's like the catch point gimmick a lot, but I I never actually pick up on that in the actual text of Evolve. Like they I say it all the time. Do they? Yes. I, I've, I've watched so many hours of this promotion, and I swear I've just never. I mean, they haven't said it as much since like Drew Gulak left, but uh, even when Tracy Williams was the leader, they were like catch point. It's about competition. That's why, like, okay. they would come out, and then you'd get Tracy Williams versus Fred Yehi because. We were about competition. How is that different than the rest of all the promotion? Is the rest it's of all not, not about competition? Joke, Nate. That's I don't know. <laughs> I'm being yelled at. All right. Catch point's good. <laughs> Doom Patrol is good. Just rebranded as Doom it's Patrol nice have, like, and Dom. It's nice to have yeah. like a constant. You know what I mean? Like Evolve, it's been in like a state of flux for like the last probably 70 shows. But Catch Point's <laughs> always there. That's like the backbone of the company, you know? Okay. You can set your watch to catch point breaking down and feuding. I did. So I did finally figure out on these shows the Dom gimmick. Dom is like Stokely's bodyguard, right? That's the gimmick? Okay. I put it together. (laughs) Congratulations, Nate. Thank you. Very proud of you. Is he not in catch point? It's like the enforcer for Stokely. Dom is in Catchpoint. Are we sure? Yes. But he's not paying Stokely. Stokely's paying him. Doom Patrol is paying Stokely because Stokely's the owner of Catchpoint. Yeah, and then Catchpoint's paying Dom. Okay. We got it. (laughs) That was excellent. Okay. Next up, uh, Darby Allen took on Jarek 120, which we talked a little bit about earlier. Darby wins with a double coffin drop. Uh, not as exciting uh, of a of an outing for Jarek here. I don't know, a lot of people like this. I wasn't as into it, so maybe uh, you guys will disagree, Nate. Uh, you know, I didn't. They seemed a little uh, disjointed. Uh, it kind of worked. Like it seemed like they had were having these harried exchanges, which were like on the right side of sloppy, where they were like actually trying to hit each other, and that's why they didn't sync up super well. Um, but yeah, I thought the double coffin drop finish was cool. I thought that leg reversal that Darby did out of the corner when he was getting choked was pretty cool. Um, but 
Uh, you know, and I also like that Jarek had purple gear, and and uh, Lenny Leonard put over, hey, he's got purple gear on because that's the Evolve colors, and he wants to be the inspiration for Evolve or whatever. Those are the good sort of gear details I like. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was like fine. The, the it, it certainly wasn't like a major blow off match to some feud, like it was, I think, positioned to be. But you weren't going to top the Walter match anyway, so. I have, a, I have a question. Did either of you ever actually think that Jarek was going to win this? Because there was a point down the stretch where I was like, is, is Jarek winning this? No, not coming off of Walter when I died so had faith. I, yeah. It was it was worked so 50-50, like coming off of a win with a Walter, that, that I thought that, that Jarek was actually going to do it. I assumed coming into the weekend that Jarek would win because, like, you know, he's going to have to win at some point. But, yeah, once Darby beat Walter... I didn't. I didn't think so. But the rest of the weekend, the booking was not like weird. But like you didn't expect probably a handful of winners. So that's true. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I part of me even thought that maybe Jarek should win just because like when it, like what's the point of this? We're entering like Ethan Page territory here. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, especially after he lost to John or, Davis towards the end. You know, or like this guy has to yeah. win something, right? It was not this. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. But yeah, you couldn't beat Darby after the Walter match. So. I agree. Yeah. We, we have a little more Jarrett content, but I want to blow through these last two matches quickly. Uh, Adrian Alanis rolled up uh, Bishop King after he countered a swanton with his knees. Uh, this was kind of a nothing match. Made me want to see Leon Ruff. Yeah. Did they, uh, if you're establishing Alanis here, why just do like a roll up over another guy who's not on the roster? Right, he should have killed this guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe maybe it's sort of like a tryout match for both. But yeah, well, you could have just had him like beat this other dude unless they're using Bishop King for something. Right, should have at least used his finish, whatever it is. 24, Shingo Takagi. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Heavy bowler here. If and... they're not going to book the OWE guys, what's the point? Gao Jingjia, pick them, book them. And... Sorry. In <laughs> the opener of uh, this... Uh... Dom Garini took on Josh Briggs. Briggs wins with the M5. Uh, this was – I missed some of it somehow. I think I i thought Adam Cole versus Walter was going to be the first match, which is what they've done in the past, and that would be dark. So I didn't tune in right at seven, and so I missed part of this. But it was fine what I saw. I, I liked Garini more as like the spider monkey guy, like grabbing onto people uh, hmm. and slapping on submissions rather than like this guy's a badass uh, – you know, who's going to destroy you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brian's kind of on an island with Dom. I think I'm not super into Ooh. Dom. I like Dom. There, there we go. Yeah. Two man island. Dom, That's I, it. I like Dominic Garini. This is not a sex thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for bang dream chat. I know you've got listeners who <laughs> try to interpret it that way. At least I can think of two off the top of my I'm head. Not gonna, I'm not going to call them out. Oh, they I they are. I'm going to go back for a joke. Uh, I'm guessing the reason that Jocko lost in that uh, four-way is because Gabe got mad at him getting wine drunk on WrestleSplania and shooting too much. <laughs> I don't get the joke, but I laughed at it anyway. He was shooting. He was wine drunk and shooting on WrestleSplania. I heard that he was on the show, but I, I have not heard it. He's complaining about the flights that Gabe buys. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, well, I'm maybe I should glad, listen to this. glad that everything evolves is now on the board with evolved guests. Now that uh, you know you've <laughs> you've put the big name one, maybe. Yeah, let's let's get into this. So, uh, all right, during Evolve 106, the first night, 
there was a video going around of Jarek where he's at a, a restaurant. He does a magic trick for the waiter, but he says, hey, I'm going to do this magic trick. But if you pick the card that I tell you you're going to pick, I get a free dessert. I, the most underplayed part of this is that he was also saying it was his birthday, right? Sounds right. So, like, most times you get a free dessert on your birthday. Nobody I, I, talks about this. <laughs> Nobody talks about this. I guess where you go, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so. Go to friendly. But, like, a... but then you, like, have to explain. Like, it's weird. Like, t- to me, it's weird telling the waiter, like, hey, it's my birthday, so I get a free dessert. That's Oh, it's super weird. That's The, the people you're forever. with are supposed to do it as, like, a ha-ha, we're embarrassing you thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Jarek in the video gets the dessert for doing the trick. So uh, friend of the show, TLR podcast, at TLR Wrestling on Twitter, tweeted Jarek and said, Yo, Jarek, did you actually get the free thing? Because the server only said he'd see what he could do. I got to know. Jarek says, I did get it for free. Yes, he wasn't a plant. We didn't arrange anything. He could have said no, and I would have improvised. But this is far from the first free dessert at dinner I've gotten used to magic. <laughs> That's, is that? That's like a humble brag, right? Is that a is that a humble brag? <laughs> I believe yeah. him. Like that, he seems like a guy who does magic for people to get free stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I don't mean sure. that in a negative way. Right, he's a man so of I, the dessert people. He's proud of his magic. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I somehow got in this uh, thread. I don't remember how, but then TLR TLR podcast did a picture. Uh, what is TLR? Uh, screenshot. For? I mean, yeah, friend of the show. What is TLR? I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. Uh, and they tweeted, <laughs> proud to report to our followers my first scoop, this thing about uh, Jarek getting the free dessert, which I thought was hilarious. To the locker room. So, yeah. So then Jarek responds to that guy and says, with a picture of him at a pool at an apartment complex, and says, here's a picture of me at one of my two pools, Aaron. <laughs> Why Aaron? I don't know. Aaron, yeah. I wasn't even the person who tweeted it. He said, I get what I want. Doesn't this inspire you to want more? I can help you, but you're just like Darby Allen and everyone else at Evolve 106, content with living on minimum needs. Okay, so I appreciate that he's putting over his storyline in his tweets to you. Correct. Yeah. That is a big on Twitter. Yeah. So, Not in the DMs. Don't have to put on the voice in the DMs, but on right. the timeline. So I couldn't stop going in. And so I quote tweeted and I asked, no chill AB. Right. I said, do you own the apartment complex too, Jarek? And Jarek responded, don't own the entire complex. No. Do I need to emoji with the monocle? I own everything in it and I'm in debt to no one with all of my possessions paid off a lot in cash. Parents were school teachers. I inherited nothing built from scratch. Keep up your projects, and it could happen to you. Uh, this guy that's, rules. That's, that seems like genuine there, which is why I think I, like he's like, yeah, you got your AB is on the grind, AT is on the grind with everything evolves. They're gonna have their own apartments in this complex someday because they're keeping up their projects. You'll get some like boner pill ad reads, and the money will start rolling in. Yeah. Here's what I want to know. Oh, hey, I've got a question. <laughs> okay, go, go ahead, Jake. This is you would say this is a pro labor podcast, right? Yeah, I would. How much do you pay your guests? <laughs> How much do we pay our guests? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I bought you guys dinner at least once in New Orleans. I don't think that I happened at all. We went to dinner. <laughs> we go to dinner? 
How about Chicago? Yeah. I'll, I'll buy you guys. Yeah, we had in dinner at the hotel afterwards, or between shows, I think. But I think I was shamed yeah. for going to a nice Cajun lunch. That, I didn't right? Instead that. of progress, no, it was Jake mostly. Yeah, I mean, you should have stayed with progress. You missed Tony, but whatever. Yeah. Wow. Walter <laughs> Saber was great. <laughs> yeah, wow. no, I'm sure it was. It was great. All right, I, I got to get back to this tweet for one yeah. second. He says. Don't own the entire complex. No, do I need to? I own everything in it. What is he? Is, so, how do you not own the complex, but you own everything in the complex? He is suggesting that he owns more than one unit. And if he says owned, I presume it's a condo, right? Because you don't yeah, own sure. an apartment. Yeah, sure. They could be condos. Two pools. Does he have so, two so, condos? Or so he's just saying he here? doesn't have a prefurbished unit and he's not leasing <laughs> furniture. Like, yeah, but he says I own everything in it. It being the complex. Also, he said he has no debt, so no student loans from Magic School. So that's a plus. That is that is a plus. Um, I'm, just, I'm really I'm really confused about this tweet. Luckily, I asked Jarek if he would come on the show to talk about his evolve run and most importantly that tweet. <laughs> he said he would. I wasn't sure if he was kidding, so I DM'd him, and he has agreed yes. to come on the show. Huge. So we're still working out the scheduling. Uh, so if you don't hear from Derek and me soon, make sure to tweet him and call him a coward. You really um, should do a thing where, like, you surprise us with Jarek at the end of the show, and he's like, "I was listening all along," and then he <laughs> or something. Greatest trick. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess look for that soon. Um, I guess that's everything that we uh, like. What are you going to ask him? About? <laughs> been preparing questions i've been thinking about it a lot to be honest and it's like do i just do like do i start with your normal like a cold cabana podcast where i just ask him about how What's he got into story? wrestling yeah oh, that's and the I, most boring like no one cares who are your guys you don't think so you don't think anybody cares i feel like who this? trained you how'd you get in that's like hack shit you know what i mean you can right, take but, like but, a no, horny but, slant to it horny seems to be getting popular on the podcast sure. but what i want to work into is like did the wrestling or the magic come first and oh, okay. how does he kind of work the two together? I mean, why the wrestling and the magic? I want to know. So I've got, so, I've, I've got something for it. So I saw <laughs> Penn and Teller last month. Sure. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm familiar because you skipped um, something really important for that. No, that's right. For the libertarian magic. Uh, I can't remember what you skipped though. There was a good wrestling show on. I don't know, it may have been involved. It might've been. No, anyway, I'm it was sorry. something I watched and I didn't watch the last ones. Okay. Tell me more about Penn and Teller, um, Well, so there's this whole, like, stretch in their act where it's it's not like magic tricks, right? The whole conceit is, like, this could be a magic trick or it could just be, like, I just might have a really good memory, right? So it's, like, the nail gun thing. They've done that on, like, The Tonight Show or whatever. It's in some slots in the clip or whatever or magazine are, uh, are empty. Some have nails in them and it's is alternating shooting them into a board or himself, right? And it's like, is there some gimmick here, or is this just like a mnemonic device, right? Or handing out cards to the audience and like and they get to shuffle them, and then he memorizes the entire order of the deck as it's presented to him. Um, is this just good memory, or is there an actual is there artifice here, right? And which would you prefer, right? Like, are you here to be fooled, hmm. or are you here to see, like, 
like skill. You know what I mean? Are you here to see some yeah. impressive athleticism and spots, so or are you I've here been, to get sucked into the work of the story? Right. So, like, I've been thinking about that as it relates to wrestling a lot in the last month. Like, when I watch wrestling, I want to be sucked in and fooled by, like, the magic of it and not, you know? That's not really a question, but... <laughs> I, I was... I was... <laughs> So I started thinking about PCO would actually just take the nail gun and like have him do it and to his face or whatever. Yeah. He, he yeah. Put a nail into his nose a couple weeks ago. See, that's wrestling is the best because you just get the intersection and it can be everything. Right. Yeah, everything evolves. I think the best thing to do <laughs> with Jarek is honestly just to like let him tell me what he wants to talk about and just go from there. So I think he's a pretty interesting dude. Are you gonna try to Broach like the whole YouTube Jarek thing, you know? No. Oh hell like, yeah, I have like, to. Like, I, I just want to know if he's aware of it. Are like thir- he has to be, right? Well, he, I, we know he name searches, so he must have gone back and seen that we were just tweeting his name at some point. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I, I want to find out about that. Does what he I'm really trying to decide is how know. much do I ask him about like the pickup artist stuff? <laughs> I wouldn't even touch that. Okay. I mean, right. he's probably done other. We know he did the interview where he talked about how much he likes kissing, right? That one's on the record. Yeah, there are probably other ones you can you can look up and see what's already been covered. And I don't know. He's not the only wrestler who's dabbled in you know the game or whatever. I, was, I, I used to listen to uh, Nigel McGuinness's very weird podcast, <laughs> um, and he had Chris Hero on, and they talked about how they read Neil Strauss back in the day and would use that to pick up chicks after shows. Very strange. Yeah, that's interesting because Jarek is like. It's a committed relationship. Proto Chris Hero. That's true. He's Kiss Hero. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, mainly I want to like. I don't know if I want to get... know more about Jarek. I think I want to know <laughs> the current amount of Jarek knowledge that I do know. Well, I kind of want Jarek to give me like some advice. Like, how can I get these? How can yeah, I let, keep him my let him do a low key seminar on you with inspiration? Oh, yeah, so you can get to the level of having two pools at one complex, which I guess is because he's got like an indoor pool too. Because I'm not content with living on minimum needs, folks. That's I mean, good. I've seen the interior of his apartment. He's, he's put yeah, in videos sure. before. Oh, I want to ask him about the WWE tryout for sure. Okay. I mean, he he visioned it, and it came true. Yeah. Ask him about his Bitcoin. Oh, is he into Bitcoin? It's on the whiteboard. Yeah, crypto was on his uh, like vision board. I'm going to have to go back and look at the vision board. Vision dojo I'm going to have to go board. find Kara's tweets about this. Do your, do your research. Uh, dude, I don't even have it scheduled yet, okay? I got plenty of time to do research. The good thing is I know if Jarek listens to this episode, he won't make it this far. So he won't, he won't catch all this. All right, anything else you guys want to add? Uh, I had one note. Uh, Brandon Tolley just really has a good ref look. He just looks like a quintessential referee. Yeah, he rules. Uh, I ran right? into him in the elevator in New Orleans, and he had on, like, uh, Cleveland Cavs workout T-shirts. He was, hmm. like, always coming to or from the gym when I saw him in the elevator. That's it. That's my little – Working hard. I just think that's, like, a quintessential referee look. It's like he looks, like, uh, authoritative but uh, invisible. Uh Aaron Taub and I randomly send each other pictures of Brandon Tolley. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say any more than that. That's good bonding activity right there. Uh, all right. Do you have uh, any any plugs you want to repeat, Nate, or anything else you want to tell us? 
Oh, let me get my bang dream code here. <laughs> I have nothing the... to plug. Okay. Still. All right. I actually would ask if, if you don't follow me, do not follow me. I've got plenty. Wow. Yeah. It's a burden having so many. Uh, yeah. After that, I keep uh, I keep stealing that from Jake on podcasts. But yeah, I'm, I'm past the point where now people get mad at me and now people narc on things that I say, which yeah. is the point at which Twitter's not fun anymore. So yeah, uh, uh, when I get to another hundred or so, I'm just, people are going to start getting soft blocked. So uh, let's be friends, unless I, you're not cool. Uh, my player ID on one six one five nine two. Add what's, me there. What's- What's the upside of having more friends on Bang Dream? Like, what, well, what so do I get out of this? We could play multiplayer together, like in the multiplayer. I thought about rooms. that. Yeah, but you do have, you know, you have to sort of coordinate that, and it's kind of more of a hassle yeah. to to uh, sync that up than to just go and do it with randos. That's, yeah. I guess, the main appeal. All right. Okay. But it's kind of funny to plug. So. Yeah, at Epitasis on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I say go follow him. I don't care what they say. I'm going to talking about Kristen Stewart movies again soon, so look for that. That's good content. Uh, tweet about forgetting Sarah Marshall some more. I think that would be good. That's a good movie. I was really people fucking gave me put me through the ringer on that. That's a good film. No, I'm a fan of forgetting Sarah Marshall. It stands up, right? Holds it up. Does. We still okay. watch it probably once every quarter. Well, see, Sarah's smart. That's why. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, oh, anything else you want to add? No. <laughs> that was a Taub-esque answer there. <laughs> that was. That was Taub-esque, except you answered it too quickly. Uh, uh, so there wanna, are no... Do you want to add anything on this match? <laughs> no. Right. I thought somebody would do the no. Nobody did the no. no I did my own no. Okay. All right. There are no Evolve shows in July, <laughs> so... <laughs> you won't be hearing from us. We'll be back uh, early August for the Evolve Progress Tour. August 4 in Philly, August 5 in Boston, August 11 in Chicago, August 12 in Detroit. I think I'm going to be at the August 11 show, Nate. Is that Chicago? Yeah. Come through. I'm going to see, see Gaslight Anthem. August and September? Oh, yeah, that's right. You had a concert. I'm going to see Gaslight Anthem that night at the Riviera Theater. And the Evolve show is at 3. Oh, the Riviera. So okay. I, think I, can, I think I can do both. All right, I'll, I'll for sure meet you there. All right, yeah. Well, let's do the show. Uh, so I oh, should wait, have Tao back. Not, not the progress show, just the evolved one. Yeah, because I would have to go to I would go to the gaslight show that night, so I would miss. Oh, I got something to plug. The progress. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, up. I'm going to be at uh, the Cow Palace, and I'm going to be at All yeah. In. So come say hi. Find me on Twitter. Don't follow me, but find me on yeah. Twitter, and uh, I'll buy you a beer, maybe. Yeah, we're all going to be at All In, right? Yeah. Tao's going to be at All In. Yes. The whole crew. The significant others will be at all in. That'll be fun. That's right. We'll all be there. So Heartland uh, Rock, by the way, is how the Gaslight Anthem is described. Is that would you describe them as Heartland Rock? No, I wouldn't at all. Okay. Well, I don't know. They are they are relatively Springsteen inspired, but in that like New Jersey way, not in that Nebraska way. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen right. is the second associated act, according to this. I don't know. I'm sure I've heard the Gaslight Anthem. Uh do you like hot water music? Hot water. Have you ever heard of the band Hot Water Music? No. Oh, okay. They're definitely less famous than the Gaslight Anthem, though. Yeah, for sure. But, like, I forget that everybody else doesn't come from, like, punk rock and hardcore. Okay. Oh, they're from Gainesville. It's like a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers thing. Hot Water Music? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think of them as that way. But, no, they don't really have a Tom Petty sound. Um, 
they just sound like like punk rock kids who got old and then they started making this kind of music. Okay, I like Against Me. It has that as an associated. Act. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense with Hot Water music for sure. Anyway, okay. this is going you to want to know to, you, to the listeners. I will be uh, next week. I'll be seeing Lucky Boys Confusion. That's uh, that's punk adjacent, mm. like a power pop punk. Um, and then also uh, Pitbull. I'll be seeing Pitbull out here in the suburbs. <laughs> Um, and then and just in the true white male suburban fashion, I'll then be seeing uh, Weezer to wrap up my weekend with the Pixies. Wow. So I saw, for me Weezer, there. I saw Weezer at a festival when they played on the same stage after Gaslight Anthem. Oh, there you go. True Who was better? Gaslight Anthem? Oh, yeah. I'm not a yeah. big Weezer fan. I'm a big Gaslight Anthem fan. I'm going to see the Pixies, really, except uh, Frank Black only. So that's sure. a shame. I'm just one of these people. I get like obsessed with a band, and then I have to see them constantly every time they play anywhere close to me. And uh, so I've seen Gaslight Anthem a ton of times. Uh, but my now obsession is Jason Isbell, as a lot of people know. So Jason Isbell, okay, country, yeah. country. Uh, yeah, he, he, he adjacent. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and a little rock. He used to be in Drive By Truckers, like alt country. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Alt country. I saw Drive By Truckers at Lollapalooza some year. Like like Ryan Adams, he's kind of in that sometimes in that vein. Uh, not the rock, like not the newer rock Ryan Adams, but like Heartbreaker Ryan Adams. Cool, cool. Yeah, I know everybody's loving this. Okay, <laughs> so that's everything. <laughs> that's everything involves. Uh, at Evolve Pod on Twitter, uh, make sure you're subscribing. We tell people to rate and review, and nobody ever does. So I, I'm just gonna stop. Who cares? I don't have iTunes. That so. was very, very like <laughs> put upon. <laughs> get some get some social media tips from Jarek. Yeah, we're gonna have to. He's got that, like a that's a great idea. I think I'm just gonna use the whole thing as like trying to get him to teach me how to be more popular. You need a life coach. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is great. I'm gonna I'm gonna DM Jarek. Can you get its own theme music of like life <laughs> tips with Jarek? This should be like an ongoing thing. All right. I have to end this. <laughs> I have to end this. My wife is like, "Where the hell are? You? What are you doing?" Um, at EvolvePod on Twitter I'm at Aaron like the car on Twitter do follow me because I don't have any followers I have like 400 followers so nobody likes me so I would really appreciate it if you follow me and then just occasionally hit like when I do a joke that nobody else hits like on I would really appreciate that I did this really funny Ramones joke that nobody laughed at I thought about that this morning yeah I'm not on the punk arena man I wish I could help you out so the joke was this let, let me just tell the joke here <laughs> You're familiar with the song, I Want to Be Sedated. It's always really good when you explain the joke. Right, sure. I have, yeah. I've heard okay, so I did this bit where I replaced the lyrics with the names of Joshi wrestlers. Okay. It was Hana Kana Io Mio Kairi Hojo, I Want to Be a Joshi. That was the joke. I don't get it. So I, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah. And I did... Did you explain that it was to be the, the tune of that song? Because it would not have been clear to me. I started it with brackets, Ramon's voice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it just doesn't play to me. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see it. Has Rosalia covered the Ramones? Because otherwise I'm just adrift. I literally was in the shower this morning like, wow, I can't believe that joke didn't get over. I was into more like the L.A. like kind of thrash punk stuff. So. That's fair. I was looking at J Punk. I was like looking up Robbie Brookside tweeted about some like J Punk acts. So I was searching through yeah. those. That's kind of fun. Yeah. 
I actually Does watched it, uh... Decline of Western Civilization like a week ago. Holds up. Okay. Yeah, two is way better, but one, not too shabby. Welcome to right, this... Music of the Mat. Punk edition. <laughs> this has gone on way too long. All right, it's been fun. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks to Jake and Nate for uh, carrying the burden of replacing Aaron Taub. Thank you. Appreciate it. I hope we'll have you back on the show sometime. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Uh, for Jake and Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.